This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm shouting for some reason. Because you're so pumped. I am pumped because we have same token coming on the podcast later this week. Mm-hmm. For an interview and to talk about Marathon. Marathon. Yeah, and Pathways running. into not, Darkness. Not the game. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to run 26.3 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this guy ain't yeah. running. <laughs> I ran half a marathon once. That was awful. That, that guy might run. This guy ain't running. <laughs> uh, so today is what, Will? It is a manic Monday. And uh, our guest today is. Oh, wait, we don't have a guest. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no one likes us. So I'm going to plug the Krillcast. Make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe. As OEB Pete told me, it does work when we say that. So hopefully y'all didn't click off this video after I said that and spent a good minute describing what's going on today. So our first, our main topic is going to be that Halo Infinite is still, uh, all the Halo Infinite updates. I'm just going to call it the Halo Infinite update video. And our two quick topics, first one being next-gen consoles, Xbox Series X and the PS5 have been released! And there are tons of videos about them, including the ones that Billy, Will, and Timmy did last week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes. Without me. Two weeks without Chris. Has that ever happened? No. My my thoughts have not changed on this, uh, because I don't have one yet. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. I'm back, guys. I should have started with that. What is going on? What's wrong with me? Should we just start this video over? Nah, no one cares. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone's wondering, my uh, my my newborn, my uh, daughter, born without any issues, any complications. My wife and my baby are both very healthy, and my two boys are twelve toes. And my my two boys are adapting well to my baby daughter. So, congratulations, man! Thank you very much. Chris is making a village. (laughs) So not only did we get new consoles, got a new baby. (laughs) (laughs) Which ones? You know, which ones? We'll let you decide. Uh, so the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S have both been released, and people are reviewing them like crazy, and so far they look really cool, but there's really no games that have prompted me to go buy one. Nope. I will say that although everyone's going to already know this information because it's coming out this week when we're reporting, apparently the uh, Xbox Series X is running the older games faster than the PlayStation 5. So the cross-generation games, they can be played on both. Um, apparently the Xbox Series X is slightly faster. Not surprised. <laughs> I mean, if it I'm was slower, how, how would you feel if it was slower, though? Well, they were saying that the way that the SSD is read in the PS5 would make make up the difference of the teraflops. But, I mean, at least for the the games that are out right now, that is not true. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, when you claim it's the most powerful, when you claim it's the most powerful console, it if, better you're, be. if you're wrong, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> All right, so the next thing. Uh, Nintendo Switch has surpassed the NES in lifetime sales. 68.3 million. Let's see, I'm going to put up the Nintendo Switch reveal trailer. There's another thing that I I forgot to put on this list is that um, Nintendo has decided to port slash slightly remake a Fire Emblem game for $6 for the Switch, which to me Mm -hmm. was the most bizarre reveal they've had in a long time. (laughs) Um, And I'll put that up on the screen here. It's actually... so. Quick discussion on that. I promise it'll be quick, Will. Uh, it's the original Fire Emblem. Oh, let's see. Fire Emblem. Uh, what is it? Doesn't that Dark Dragon. A, a remake. The Sword of Light. This. Oh, that's not it. Let's get the Switch version. 
I'm, I'm going to get it, alright? I'm just telling you right now. I'm going to get this, but I'm a little underwhelmed. I will say that. Where is this? Really? It doesn't actually exist. It was a figment of your imagination. Let's see. Nintendo, it was one of those limited releases, Fire so Emblem it was you know Direct. only out for a week. No, it's not one of those either. Uh, I think it is limited, though. It literally just came out. Where is this? No, the, there's a limited edition of it, yeah. But Where is this video? Did I imagine all this? <laughs> you must have, yes. Anyways, the let's see, Fire Emblem. Let me find it. Nintendo. I suck. I said two minutes. It's going to take way longer. Nintendo mm -hmm. Switch. You're killing Fire Emblem reveal. Nope, that's three houses. Three houses. There it is. Finally. <laughs> Found it. All right. So for those of you that don't know, there were a whole bunch of Fire Emblem games that released on... Uh, Japanese-only consoles for the Fire Emblem franchise for the first about decade of the uh, Fire Emblem's existence. It wasn't mm -hmm. until the Game Boy Advance version of Fire Emblem Blazing Sword that we got a Fire Emblem game in the West. And that was after Super Smash Bros. came out. So, this game, Dark Dragon and the Sword of Light, was originally a Japanese-only version, and they're making a point of it right here because Marth's mm -hmm. in it. But here's the thing. Nintendo already did this. They put it on the DS. I have it. Shadow yes. Dragon. It's it's yeah. not superior to the original game other than maybe graphically, but it, it lost a lot of the character. And, and true, it's not a true port of the original, but we already have this story available to us. What we don't have is the second half um, where mm -hmm. you had Mr. the Emblem, which is Fire Emblem 3. We don't have the second ver uh, second part of this story. So we had Shadow Dragon, which is Dark Dragon and the Mystery of Light on Sword of Light um, on uh, the DS, and that was a remake of this game. So we already had it in English as a remake. We just didn't have the original, and we never got the second half of this story, which was released in Fire Emblem Mystery of the Emblem, which is Fire Emblem Three on the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, depending on which region you live in. So I don't really understand why they did this. Why don't you give us Mystery of the Emblem, both halves of it, for the SNES in English, since all the fans have already done the translation for you, and mm -hmm. do that instead. But no, they're going to give us the NES version of the original game, which has already been remade in English as Shadow Dragon on the DS. So, <laughs> whatever, it's Nintendo. It's Nintendo. They just do what they want. And it's going to sell like hotcakes for $6. Yep. Everything that makes it sells like hotcakes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I said. I'm gonna end up buying this, and I'm kind of ready to beat myself over the head for doing it, but I'm going to. <laughs> but whatever. I, Nintendo's a Nintendo, and they're doing this, so yep. it makes sense. They passed the NES in lifetime sales, so they re-release an NES game in America. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So our main topic: Halo Infinite, the roundup of news. All right. So here's my quick things, and then Will can jump into it because he's probably got a lot of thoughts, emotions, and feelings, and um, trying to think of another word for feelings that I can throw in Just there. Just go on. <laughs> <laughs> so Halo Infinite is still projected and reported as coming out in 2021, which has been assured by Microsoft 343. Phil Spencer is currently discussing releasing the campaign. Campaign? Yeah, the complaint. No, the mm -hmm. campaign and multiplayer separately, which has resulted in a lot of complaints and people yes. really nervous about the game. Um, that's more of a rumor and also a Phil Spencer throwing an idea in the air and seeing what people say, I think. Yeah. 
Being a, um, just being a, an exec, basically. Yeah, and then uh, Halo Infinite is rumored to be content complete as far as campaign storyline and multiplayer. Uh, basically, all the resources of the game are supposedly content complete. Mm-hmm. Um, do, and that's a rumor that's been out there for a while, but some people have tried to confirm it unofficially online under Twitter and various other platforms of social media. And then uh, the, the last little thing is that Chris Lee left 343, but that's kind of old news by now. Mm-hmm. So... What are your current thoughts about Halo Infinite? <laughs> I am cautiously optimistic on this, so I think it's been content complete probably for a while, and I mean, I don't think they're going to be adding much to the game. It was supposed to come out next week, or I guess t- uh, last week, and um, I mean, they were going to hit that date, so I think that they probably had most of the game complete, if not completely complete. And then they, what they're doing now is optimizing it, where they're making sure like the clouds don't pop in and the AI don't have weird pathways like the ship AI. And that probably didn't take a whole lot longer. And you know, they're probably also taking this extra time to do some extra polishing, add a little bit extra detail to the armor, um, add in some new uh, uh, skins so for the free-to-play multiplayer, um, things like that. And so I think that for sure it'll come out in the spring. I don't see why they would delay it any longer than that. Um, as far as Chris Lee leaving, I don't think that is going to have a huge impact just because it should the game should essentially already be done. <laughs> and it might have already been the plan for him to leave as soon as the game launched originally. Um, like as he had another just, thing ready to go right before. Yeah. But they also, because they pushed the game you can also read it a different way so because they pushed the game it didn't launch in the window it was supposed to uh as soon as they hired joseph staten in and that i can't remember the guy who does the multiplayer um chris lee essentially got sidelined um and that happened in august i believe so it's been several months now where he actually hasn't been doing anything (laughs) um and i mean i think joseph staten is a great guy and i really like or enjoy the original bungie games so if there is still stuff to complete, I'm, I'm happy with Joseph Staten taking the reins on that. Um, I'm still very optimistic about the game. I like the new vision that they're going with as far as the semi-open world, the art style that's a blending of old and new. I really like the new music. Uh, it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I would take the game now. <laughs> so I, th- I don't think it's in as rough a shape as people are, are worried about. Um, and I also would stop being so worried about that the skins for now because in that original post they make it seem that you can customize it your character a lot more than before so it's not just like the colors are locked off but you have like instead of just color it's color the actual material it's made out of the scars and damage and wear and tear and stuff like that on each individual armor piece so it's not like oh I have to purchase purple um, but because, um, you know, it's a cookie promotion, what they're saying is that you can have a, one purple chest piece and then you can have like a blue arm piece that has like fire damage or plasma damage. And then you can have like a uh, leg, um, armor that again, it's like gold or something. And like all the mega construct leaks make like line up with that because they all have like weird color combinations where like one Spartan will have a red arm, but the rest of the body looks like Master Chief. Um, and things like that. So I think that's where they're going with it, and that actually sounds really cool. Obviously, some items will, you'll have to purchase because it's going to be free to play now. Um, but overall, I think that 
they probably are going to be cautious about that and have most things at least be unlockable at some point or it's like the promotion only lasts like a month and then after that you can unlock it something like that see i still don't like the idea of the Kalo multiplayer being free to play yeah, I'm very worried about it just because it's going to. I'm worried about it going like the Fortnite route, where it's super popular, but it's I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you can make the argument like, well, then there's gonna be so many people playing, and you'll never have to worry about getting into big teams ever again, or into zombies, or not zombies, but into infected, uh, and then or invasion because I think they're bringing back invasion. Um, or Warzone, you'll have no problem finding people because there's so many people playing now. So that's a, I can see the benefit. Um, I am worried about it going to Fortnite and suddenly you're not playing with Spartans anymore, but you'll have like Master Chief with a pumpkin head. I'm, I'm a little worried about that. I mean, as, as, soon, as cool as that sounds, it really does completely disrupt the way the game looks. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing some like actual flood. AI, or not Flood AI, Flood um, Multiplayer, because you can play as the Flood, have mm-hmm. those kinds of things. I don't know. Free-to-play, to me, cheapens the experience a little bit. Uh, and I don't... Yeah, it makes it free. <laughs> what they should do, and here's my opinion, is, and they should have done this already, was with the Xbox Series X and S launch, everybody should have gotten an invitation to open beta multiplayer. And then release the full game, fixing all the bugs you found in the open beta. Mm-hmm. That's what they should have done. Um, what I the reason I think they didn't do that, and uh, this is just speculation on my part, is because if you did that, you would lock out all the Xbox One users who are planning to buy Halo Infinite, and you would segment the population of Halo players. And because there's not enough consoles available of the next generation you would be limiting the, the experience to only people who either got a bot pre-order in or paid somebody for, um, for their scamming you with uh, scalping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if they had had more units available on launch, they might have done the uh, beta. And just in case, you know, because this is going to come a week after launch, just in case they shadow drop a multiplayer beta... Uh, I'll, I'll put in that the multiplayer beta is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what they need to do now is if they do <clears throat> release some kind of multiplayer beta, um, they need to make it available to Xbox One users, PC yep. users, and Xbox Series X users, and Xbox Series S users. All of them. Everybody that's going to get Halo Infinite needs an ability to play the beta. Now, yeah, if you even if it's like a time exclusive, so like the first week it's only on the new consoles, and then following that, that's Xbox One new consoles, and then PC and new consoles. Yeah, yeah. It, however, you got to do it, but everybody needs to yeah. have an ability to look at it and play it. Um, on the other hand, I still think that shipping them separately officially is a mistake. Yes. But, yeah, because Halo is the campaign and the multiplayer as one package. That's it how is. it's always been. And when you separate it, you you ruin the experience. Because there's, I'm never going to go into it and like I want to play the multiplayer first, and I also only want to play the multiplayer. So like I like playing the campaign first. I like getting down the mechanics, and then I'll jump into the multiplayer, and then I'll go back to the campaign. And I, I like doing that back and forth. I don't like only playing campaign. I don't like only playing multiplayer. Exactly. So. My final thought on that would be um, if you're going to release it separately like that, 
they should have the pre-order for the campaign built into the same app. Don't make them two separate mm-hmm. apps. Make it like one big product, one big package, and then have like one be the campaign and like like you had the menu previously, but have it be like two packages in the same window and like hey, this is the multiplayer, click on it and then if you don't want to do multiplayer, you can go to the campaign and have that be like a purchase screen right there because I never want them separate. I want them all mm-hmm. in the same package. And it would entice more people to buy the campaign if they have the multiplayer already. Yep. So if you're going to do it that way, one package, guys. I I know that it's like completely counterintuitive to what everybody else is doing, but Halo belongs together. Halo belongs to us. <laughs> the community. Yes. Um, and then the last thing, uh, is there any reason to doubt that it's content complete? I can't think of any reason. Um, I, I mean, yeah, there's obviously reasons to, to be worried. They didn't hit their launch window. The thing that's happening around the world right now, delaying it. There's clearly been a shakeup with their senior staff. They've lost three senior members. Um, and that campaign demo, I've gone back and looked at it. Like, it's great. I really enjoy the way it looked, and I liked how it played. But I can see what people were complaining about. And they should have anticipated that and not put out a buggy mess. Um Either they, you know, have it where it's kind of a fake demo, like they've done in the past with Halo, or, you know, they needed the polish to have, that pop-in was unacceptable for a reveal, like, a couple months before the launch, it, like, without, like, any kind of uh, disclaimer on the bottom, like, this is alpha footage or something, that was a mistake. If they just put that one little thing, like, this is alpha footage or beta footage or something, no one would have complained and everyone would have been still pumped about the release. I agree. And the the other half of that is the gameplay mechanics looked very tight. So, like, there wasn't a whole lot to complain about except for graphics and the, the processing of the graphics themselves. So, anyways, yeah. that's all I got. That's it. That's all I got, too. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And uh, well, you're going to see <clears throat> this guy at the bottom of the screen later this week. Yep. Um, and we will see you on the next Quillcast. Bye, guys. This is the Quillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. Apparently and a lot of energy today. Yes! Lots of coffee. Like we have a rocket strapped to our backs. Oh, and we're sloths because we're slow yeah. getting our thoughts out. No. Um, today is... What, Will? That's uh, not my day. Oh, yeah, it's me! Toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-toot-
have. Let's see how many views they have. Let's see. Boom, boom, boom. 40,698,599 views. That's about, uh, you know, 1,000 times what we have, I think, because we have about 40,000 views. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you want to find their channel, you go to youtube.com slash R-O-C-K-E-T-S-L-O-T-H. Boom. That'll get you there. Go subscribe mm-hmm. to them. So what does their About Me section say? <laughs> we do Halo videos. <laughs> simple it's good well, once it's we good look at point. their once we look at their first video and their most popular video it might be a little bit of a, a discussion slash dispute mm-hmm. on that <laughs> so what is no, their... they don't say they exclusively do, do halo videos they, say they do halo videos so it's still fair works. enough whoops not most popular oh, no i just revealed our secret hold on oldest there we go what's their oldest video top five best mario sports games <laughs> so random for their channel that's great <laughs> and the person who's doing it is luke instead of elijah usually it's elijah mm-hmm. um but yeah so luke did this video on the channel it was one of the first videos on the channel and or the first video that still exists on the channel i should say and it was released on may 13th 2017 as uh, shown on the video down there and it was six days after this channel was created mm-hmm. um and it did it did okay it's got three thousand four hundred and some views and when I wrote the script up a couple days ago, I had 3,402, and now it's got 3,413. So it does still pick up views every day. Mm-hmm. It's one of those videos that probably will garner views forever, even if it's not that many. Mm-hmm. So it's a good video to start the channel off with. Uh, not really on the same pattern as what they've moved on to. No, definitely not. <laughs> so what's their most popular video, one might ask? Oh, it must be something to do with Halo, right? This was also surprising to me. Nope. Their uh, number one video on their channel is called Roblox Evolution 2004 to 2018. A his- Roblox history. They just literally said the same thing twice. Roblox Evolution, Roblox history, 2004 to mm. 2018. If I could talk without jumbling up my words. Um, so it was released on January 13, 2018. Two years ago. Over two years ago now. Uh, has over 2.5 million. That'd be 2,000. 2,590,135 views. Um, and it is and kind of out of, like I said, out of sequence with what they're doing now, which is mostly yeah, Halo. Definitely. <laughs> so um, how would I describe Rocket Sloth? Uh, their current release schedule shows a lot of things like Halo gameplay and glitches, uh, reliving old Halo oddities like the Vidmaster Challenge. They recently mm-hmm. did that. They do discussion on Halo news updates and commentary. Um, they are very open to being collaborative and engaging with their audience and other creators. And they're genuine, a genuinely great team to work with and talk to, I would know, especially about Halo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do we like about their channel? Um, I like their steady stream of content. I like the fact that they're focusing more on Halo because that's what I like. I like that, you know, there's a ton of Halo uh, YouTube creators now, but they all seem to do pretty different stuff, and especially these guys, like going over the old Vidmaster challenges, going over... Like, some of the weird hidden secrets of Halo, especially when it comes, like, not necessarily in the game, but it's actually hidden stuff from, like, the community, uh, is really interesting. And they actually go through and contact people who are involved in finding random glitches and things, which is really cool. Like Marty O'Donnell. And mm-hmm. he, they actually inspired Marty O'Donnell to make that yep, video yep, about yep. the rings, which is so great as a music guy myself. 
Um, I loved his explanation on that. It was really yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I do like that he, you know, he acknowledged them being, the, I think he said that they were the closest. Yeah. And but he, like, low-key threw shade on everyone else. <laughs> it's so Marty. It's great. Well, the, the fact that he went through and said, if some hackers hadn't have done this with the code and figured yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so great. But Rocket Slot, they, they're the guys that inspire that kind of stuff. They put out this content that nobody else is honestly doing right now, like gameplay glitches, old school um, old I also school like their skulls. intro screen a lot. Yeah, their intro screen's great. Um, this kind of content isn't anywhere in the Halo community that I've seen. There's other mm-hmm. there's other creators that do um, kind of in the same space, like uh, General Heed, where he does like mods hacks and those kinds of things but this is yeah, but more they like feel totally different they do they do that's what i was gonna get to um and i i do love that about this channel i think it'd be really cool to see a crossover between rocket sloth and general heed though that'd be yeah, a really cool. cool collaboration um i love the idea of not walking through halo 2 and they were talking to me about that like this took forever <laughs> to make to do this beating halo 2 without walking can you imagine coming up with this challenge in general Yes, I, I forgot to mention, I really like these random challenge videos. <laughs> <laughs> it is like one of the only channels that I've seen that's popular in the Halo community doing these kind of challenges. Yep. Um, well, it exemplifies what's great about Halo because, you know, we haven't had the conversation technically in the week, but we, we had a conversation prior with um, uh, Same Token. Essentially, like, the reason why Halo is so great is because you can make your own challenge. And you want to go back and you know create the, from the sandbox a challenge for yourself. And these guys are are doing that with their channel. It's a, it's a lot of fun to watch. It also gives you ideas like, oh, I should go back and try this myself. Like you wanted to beat the. Uh, this is what they they're doing. What you talked about earlier, beating the mm-hmm. game without shooting. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wonder if you're allowed to use the energy sword. I can't remember. Well, not in the first game. Yeah, you probably have to do. I wonder if well, beating the Halo trilogy on legendary without shooting is probably impossible. Yeah, or close this is the it. second game. I still haven't beaten that in Legendary. It's the <laughs> only one. <laughs> Probably one of the challenges I haven't seen them do, which I saw General Heed did, was beating uh, the original Halo game with one of those um, uh, driving wheels. Mm-hmm. Xbox 360. <laughs> did you see yes. that one? No, I didn't. Something like this would be cool. The Forza wheel, the driving wheel. Can you play Halo with a racing wheel? The the Xbox 360 racing wheel. This kind of a challenge would be pretty cool. Like he did it. He played the entire Halo CE with this driving wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, the, the thing is, I'd have to buy a peripheral for this. I do like how in the Rocket Sauce videos. I mean, generally he does the same thing, but in Rocket Sauce videos, it's something that like I could actually do myself. I could actually make that challenge myself. Um, I probably wouldn't get through it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. Um, I do love their ridiculous uh, no walking. Can you beat Halo Reach without walking? Can you beat Halo Trilogy without jumping? Uh, no driving. Let's see here. Oh yeah, that that one was interesting too. Beating the last mission of Halo Three without driving. Can you imagine trying to do that? No. Why would you? That's just sounds so fun. <laughs> But that, these guys are great for their challenges mm-hmm. and the glitching, getting out of the map, and, and I, I like love their ranks too. I think they're yeah. very thoughtful, and half the time I disagree, but it's still good. It's still good to listen to. And like they said, a lot of the community that's coming up with them, the 150, 160,000 subscribers they have now, a lot of them are newer to Halo. It's like Rocket Sloth mm-hmm. is like the new Halo channel that they're all growing up with. 
kind of like you had hidden Xperia when you were going through your Halo earlier mm-hmm. in this decade, really. So this I is had pretty Halo cool. Follower, but we we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Maybe eventually Halo Follower will come on this channel. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll think about it. Um, <laughs> I thought he'd even message us back. He's like, "Hey, man, you want to come on our channel?" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what do we think Rockets Luck could improve upon then? So honestly, I don't have much because I, I think they have a unique format, and I think it really fits their personalities really well. There's sometimes where I think they are a little bit verbose, as in like they speak too much to give like an intro, or uh, they have like too much extra words. <laughs> My words aren't working very well. Too many words when they're actually explaining what's going on, or they're talking about commentary. But really, it's something that it matches the way that they deliver, and it matches their videos. So I, it's really just a nitpick. Uh, the maybe the only other thing is that as we're going through these um, thumbnails, they're not very specific to their channel. Also, um, the intro, like Rocket Sloth, like although I know them now as a Halo channel, someone looking at that would not necessarily know. So maybe putting like a Halo around the the Sloth's head or something <laughs> would indicate because they have a, such a cool intro screen to their videos now that really show that they are a Halo channel. Um, but looking at the, the Rockets Sloth, they wouldn't necessarily know that. No, but the other side of that is, well, if they do brand Halo, then they can't really That's true. Up. They can branch out now, so they have, they're have they in a unique uh, situation where they can actually do that. Which is something that I know they want to do, because they, they okay. want to do Destiny, they want to do other other yeah. games they like. So Never mind then. <laughs> well, they, I mean, you could really get into it and have it, like, on each video, if it's a Halo video, like, have them ri- the rocket is, or the sloth is riding on a pelican. And, like, in Destiny, it could be riding on, on, I don't know, whatever the fallen skiff is. Or just put a different <laughs> helmet on the sloth for every video. That would be cool. A different helmet? That would be great. <laughs> that might be easier artistically to do, too. Hey, hey. I want the, <laughs> I want the universe, okay? I want the stars. So I think the one thing they could do better is more collaborations. Um, yeah, it'd be fair. really cool to see them do something with Marty O'Donnell where they, like, explore a challenge and Marty's like, nope, that's not right, or yep, you got it. Like, just on the way through, like, Marty's commentary as they're solving one of these riddles would be really awesome to see. Yep. Well, have them going through and trying to solve something, and then Marty's, like, actually narrating. It's like, oh, who goes are idiots. This is totally wrong. And <laughs> exactly. Very great. Oh, that's, so funny. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I'm saying. I would love to see something like that with this channel. Um, collaborations, I think, would be a would. I don't know if it'll do much for their view counts because their view counts are insane to begin with. But it would definitely be another interesting thing for the fans to see. Definitely. And uh, if you are in the Halo community and you're looking to collaborate with Rocket Sloth, reach out to them. They're very communicative, and they're very willing to respond to people. So do it. Just reach out. Hidden Experience, Solution Zero Zero, any of you guys, hop on with these guys. They're really cool. Mm. So, where do you see this channel going in the next 10 years? No. I see it, I don't know about 10 years, but <laughs> that was like a short term, I, I see it going nowhere but up. I think they have a really good cadence to their release schedule. I think they have good content. Um, and I think it's unique enough that it stands out. And especially if they start going into Destiny or, or some kind of other genre or, or game. Uh, I think that they're going to keep growing, especially with Halo Infinite, like eventually should come out <laughs> and they can do like a whole bunch of new challenges and a whole bunch of new lore stuff um, and also glitches and things. That'd be great. And uh, where are they at subscriber level right now? 160K. I think that they'll make it to 170 by the end of the year. 
200 by the end of the year. That's my prediction. I'm done. That's that's a huge jump. So, I mean, good for them if that happens. <laughs> Especially if the multiplayer beta comes out. Man, can you imagine these guys oh, just yes. tearing apart that multiplayer beta with hacks, getting outside the map? They're going to do it. <laughs> As always, make sure you subscribe to Rocket Sloth and, uh, and Same Token because he's going to be on the podcast tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you. Uh, next Curlcast. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Same Token. I make videos about video games, whether it's Halo lore or commentaries on upcoming game releases. Yeah, he just jumped right oh, into that, Will. He got you good. Yeah, That was really succinct. <laughs> That's the best one yet. <laughs> and then what is today called, Will? Uh, oh, yeah. So it's Wild Card Wednesday or Conversations with the Krillcast. It's like, it's Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the, the idea is that... Uh, well, first first time somebody comes on our podcast, the first Wednesday will be an interview, and then after that, if they come on again, which most of them aren't going to do, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but most of the people that come on, if they come on again, we'll do a wild topic. So, like, if we get some yeah. of these people back on, we'll do something that's not an interview, but also be a wild card. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's the segment. Today's the interview with Same Token. So, Will, why don't yes. you get them that first question? All right, question number one. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, what inspired you to create your YouTube channel, and why Same Token? So that, that is a big question. And <laughs> it requires, it probably requires like half a life story because YouTube's been a part of my life for a long time. Yes. So like, firstly, I've loved creating videos for as long as I can remember. So when I was like nine or 10, I'd recreate episodes of Doctor Who with my friends and edit them in iMovie on my old iMac G4, which was an amazing computer, by the way. Inevitably, I caught, you know, the YouTube bug way back watching things like, um, you might have seen Inside Halo, um, which is like a Halo 3 machinima series, uh, and it became Inside Gaming eventually. Okay. And there's still a channel out there with all of my embarrassing attempts at Halo 3 machinimas. <laughs> Fortunately for me, um, they're like, they're all private. <laughs> so I, I spent a long time actually using that channel to upload all the random video ideas I came up with. And each idea was influenced by my uh, favorite channel at the time. So uh, after Inside Gaming, I decided that actually I want to make montages. Now, this was something all teenagers my age wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it didn't last long because, uh, one, my gameplay was rubbish. And two... My editing was rubbish. So, so shortly after... Need, so. <laughs> sorry? The two things that you actually need. <laughs> the two things you need for a montage to work. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I used the worst music. You probably heard, you know, like um, YouTube audio library stuff. And it wasn't even YouTube audio library. It was like that like free... Uh, I can't remember. There's like one song everyone used to use. And I used that song. And it was awful. <laughs> On every video, by the way. On every single one of them. It was the same song. Hmm. Anyway... <laughs> So shortly after um, that stint, I saw Markiplier, and that must have been back in like 2013 uh, when I saw his Stanley Parable series. And from then on, I proclaimed that I would become a Let's Play YouTuber. 
And this was probably around the time that everyone else on YouTube was doing the same. So I, I decided to start a new channel, which I called Token, for its connotations with classic arcades. Um, and that whole year, so 2013 to 2014, I experimented with the Let's Play format. And as it turns out, being spontaneously funny and or interesting for a solid 20 minutes an episode is really hard. <laughs> People like Markiplier, the Rad Brad, um, the guys on the Game Grumps, they had it down to a science. And at the time, I was trying to emulate them, which just, it just wasn't working out. I was judging my videos as to whether or how close they got to their videos, uh, rather than judging whether my videos were actually good videos. Mm -hmm. So once I realized this, I changed my Let's Play format to something I was happy with, something that was more me. And looking back, they were awful. But they were becoming a little watchable. And honestly, if those videos took off, I probably would have kept creating them because they were so much fun. But alas, um, they didn't. So I still had the YouTube bug. Uh, so I decided again to try something else. And it was around this time that I saw a couple of Halo followers videos uh, talking about the upcoming Halo 5, which was still over a, a year away at that point. Mm -hmm. It immediately reminded me of... Um, that, you know, that excitement I felt when I was watching videos like Inside Halo and when I was trying to, to make my, my Halo machinimas. Mm -hmm. uh, but this time, um, I was a little older and my voice was down a few pitches. Uh, so I wanted to be part of all of that excitement. Uh, so I shot Halo Follower a message on YouTube asking if he needed a hand uh, back when you still could do that. And to my surprise, he responded. So at the time, I think he must have had about 180,000 subscribers. So to me, with my channel of 89 subscribers, this was massive. Mm -hmm. uh, so over a game of Halo, 4, uh, Halo Wars, sorry, uh, we discussed um, what I could do on his channel. Now, I was in my final year of school, and I wanted to study uh, television at college. And so I was keen on sticking mainly to like editing and audio um, doing the levels and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but he insisted that I, I also write and voice my videos as well. And honestly, like, I'm so glad I did. This was early 2014, and it immediately exposed me to the Halo YouTube community, as well as hundreds of thousands of subscribers to access. And it was there that I really developed my style. I had tens of thousands of people telling me what they liked, and mostly what they didn't like me doing. And <laughs> You know, my ego was was bruised constantly, but it was it was really helpful. You know, it was a good learning process. Um, so I, I tried creating new style videos and lore style videos, um, and over that time, my ability to voice the videos improved. Um, but I still, you know, had a really long way to go. After gaining a bit of recognition with the channel's subscribers, I set up my own channel to try my hand at Let's Plays again uh, while I continued creating Halo videos. Now, I was calling myself Token at that point, but I was quickly realizing that people couldn't seem to find my channel. You know, I was, I had access to like this channel, which now I think around that point probably had 250,000 subscribers. And here's my channel, which had about 100 still. So I thought, you know, I must have terrible SEO. Just to like token, when you type that in, doesn't really come up with any of my content. So it was actually my dad who came up with adding same to the start. 
and it's a play on the phrase by the same token. Mm, I really okay. like it as a brand name and it, it works out because I'm terrible for saying however about a trillion times in every video I make just to balance the discussion, uh, which of course the name that same token I guess implies. And I did this um, making Halo videos uh, until late 2015 when I eventually did go to college to study television. Now at that point I'd been slowly stepping away from creating any kind of you know YouTube videos. It was a time when I was really uncertain about what I wanted to do. And at the start of 2016, I basically stopped. Uh, I even switched career path going to university to study marketing, which, you know, was, I, I still feel was definitely the right thing to do for me. Now, despite all that, the YouTube bug never left me. I always planned on doing something with my same token channel. I actually worked on Halo Recapped throughout my four years at uh, university. Every time I got the itch to upload something, I'd just you know, work a little bit on that video. But I also had a part-time uh, job at the time and, and then at my studies. So I'd always get pulled away and I'd, I'd forget about it for a couple of months. Uh, even though I realized uh, in, you know, even though, sorry, I, I basically come 2019, um, I realized I was getting close to, to, to actually finishing the thing. Um, but despite that, I had been like voicing it since must have been the start of 2017 so it already pretty much been finished by the start of 2017 and you know knowing i could have released it that whole time has always been a bit frustrating but if i'm honest uh, my return to youtube um was just so i could get that video out there i i didn't plan on creating anything else i just thought i've been working on this for four years and i i'm gonna i want someone to see it even if it gets zero views i don't care i've worked on it enough and then i'll just be done with it uh but and you'll probably know how this feels. The minute that you hit the upload button, you're already thinking, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that video, we're going to be talking about a little bit later, but clearly more than a few people watched it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually, weirdly, I didn't even think that um, that would be the one to find success. I thought that people would watch it, but honestly, it was the... Um, is Master Chief Too Old video that got the initial success. And so I was like, damn, Halo re- Recap, that was not the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hmm. Well, that was a lot more information. Yeah, very detailed. Getting to your name that I was not expecting. That's awesome. Yeah. That's actually one of the better reasons for the name. Like, most people was like, I don't know. I just put some random things together. <laughs> <laughs> I tested the SEO. I did this. I did that. Yeah, no, it's exactly- just like, this is how I got here. And it's like, that was good. I like that. Oh, yeah, sorry. I said it would be my life story. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll chop that bit up. Same token's life story. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how would you describe your relationship with uh, YouTube? More more importantly, social media at this point, since you kind of gave us the YouTube backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that just like in general? Or is this um, with me creating stuff on it? Uh, I guess both. <laughs> However yeah. you want to take that. I suppose. I suppose in general... I, I probably have an awful relationship with with social media. Like I'm, I don't think there's a time in the day where I'm not on like lurking on social media. That's what I'm really bad for. Uh, I am uh, a Reddit lurker, and when I'm, I, and I watch YouTube nonstop, like other people's mm. YouTubes all the time. And uh, while I'm watching YouTube, I'm always scrolling through Reddit. I mean, I don't know if you are the same. 
I used to be. I uh, Reddit. Reddit's not been too kind to me over the years. And yeah, Chris got <laughs> banned a couple times, so now he, he can't go back on. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I would share. I would share our stuff. I'd share other people's stuff, and eventually, people like caught on to the fact that I was sharing some of the same creator stuff over and over again, and they got mad. Oh, and, and instead of like yeah. giving me a, a lashing and and a you know come back in a couple days, they were like perma ban. See ya. It's like oh, really. <laughs> yeah, and I then Chris that... proceeded to piss off the moderator. So. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, the mo- Yeah, that's. I, I think I've always been scared of posting stuff on Reddit for that reason because um, a similar thing happened to a, a friend of mine. He has a YouTube channel called Joe Vivers. Um, really funny stuff. I, I do recommend you check it out. It's a bit weird. Um, but he, uh, w- well, together we created like a, for very briefly, a, a Let's Play channel. And uh, we did like a video on, I think it was a Doctor Who game of some sort. And he thought, you know, it'd be a great idea. Why don't I just post this to the Doctor Who subreddit and they'll love it, right? <laughs> Wrong. They hated it. They right. I got we got one like, fifty <laughs> views, and forty dislikes. And I was just like, wow. I'm never ever posting on Reddit again. Um, so I, I I've always just lurked there. In fact, I I do have a bit of um, social media posting fear after that. So like on Twitter, I I need to step up my Twitter game because if going to the, like the question of like what I do on social media. Um, I'm just so scared of posting the wrong thing on Twitter, I think. And I think what I need to do is just get over that and, and be more willing to post things. Seems like it works for some of your fellow creators. Like I know hidden Xperia gets tons of traction on Twitter. He does. Yeah. He does it really, really well. Just, uh, I like to stay out of politics. I even posted about that on our Twitter that I just, I'm not doing politics on our Twitter. Oh gosh. No, no, I would never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my only, my only piece of advice. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, have I much hope. other than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I have no a similar story. You're alienate someone. Oh yeah. Share those stories. I know where you're going. With well, them. you can tell it. You can tell. I always tell the story. All right. So essentially we thought we were hot shit. We're going to make a, uh, a sequel to the, uh, back to the future movies. So a fourth mm-hmm. movie, and you know we had a whole video on explaining how it would work, and we thought it was pretty cool. We posted it on the Back to the Future Reddit. That was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> they were pissed. Really? Oh, yeah, gosh. I had no so... idea that fandom was so strong, but they did not. They do not want a sequel apparently, mm-hmm. and we were blasphemous for ever suggesting it. Oh man, that's weird. I wouldn't have because I know some communities love fan fiction. Nope. Not that one. Not that. Back to the Future is as it is. Yeah, it wasn't even like the backlash wasn't like this is a bad idea. It's like how dare you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they feel feel personally insulted basically for the the mere suggestion. Oh Oh, dear, I didn't realize that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, They didn't even like try to plot. Like one guy actually took it upon himself to watch the video, and he's like, okay. So I'm just going to tell you right here, here are some of your plot loopholes and what you guys described. Here's this, here's that. Go to this particular website. You can find all this information. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy really broke it down. And he's like, yeah. and just so you know, I'm like one of your three likes on the video. <laughs> Do you know, I, I like um, – I, I have to say they don't have to go through that effort, but uh, the best kind of criticism to receive on a YouTube comment is one where they've, they've actually watched the video and it's fair and like mm-hmm. they, they give you sources and reasoning and you're welcome to like reject that reasoning and sources, mm-hmm. but at least they've, they've done that rather than 
you know, pick up something which doesn't doesn't necessarily matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you just go off the title and just respond to that, and they don't don't actually watch a video. Yeah, Rush has yeah, that problem. Yeah. He has lots of people look at his title, leave a comment, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I've had that on. I think is is Master Chief too old? Because it's a question. Mm-hmm. I, I get a lot of people coming on and responding is ma- to the question is master chief too old he was and, in cryo sleep the whole time shut up <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah and so i kind of i kind of take it um as that's that that in that particular situation i suppose that's that's on me for like it's it's almost like at, at the very start i suppose i used to take things especially when i first started on halo follower i took things very personally as like personal attacks but now i've kind of realized that you know People are going to be as people are all the time, so it's it's and it's not personal, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I don't know. It's 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 good that I'm always happy when when people are are watching the video. The only thing that makes me feel sad is when they they've actively disliked the whole video. Mm. That's that's where I feel like um, maybe I could have done something better. Well, at least your ratio on this video is really good. 100k to 2k. Like that's ninety eight or over ninety eight percent, almost ninety nine percent likes mm-hmm. to dislikes. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad as well because, uh, and I think there's a question on this later, but um, there were a couple of errors in it which I accept, and so I'm I was always I I was aware of the the errors after it passed like a thousand views, and I was oh, like, no. wow, a thousand views. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take this off. It'll never get more than this. <laughs> <Yep>. Whoops. <laughs> Was it Skyrion said the same thing? He had a his portal video had like almost mm-hmm. half a million views, and he's like, "I have a couple mistakes in here, and they're all just in pronunciations, and people will not let it go." Yeah, of course, <laughs> people won't let it go. Oh my gosh! Oh, I've got, oh, I've got one is, um, I and I hate myself for it because I I hate it. Right? What's the worst way you could possibly pronounce? Um, oh, I'm gonna have to say it. Nu- nuclear. Right. The nu- other pronunciation. Nuclear. Nuclear. Is how I pronounced it on pretty much every video I've made, and oh, then, no. <laughs> then I've I've been I've been informed many times that that's actually the incorrect way of saying it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, why don't you ask him that next question? All right. So, why the focus on Halo? I know you talked about uh, Inside Halo, and then what do you love about the series? Because clearly you're you're a fan. At least I'm, I'm assuming you're a fan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Um, my well, I guess uh, my love for Halo started probably right back at halo combat evolved um because i watched my dad play it um when it was released in 2001 and while i was very young i knew i did know it was something special like just seeing the pretty colors and (laughs) i'd seen him play nintendo 64 games and ps1 games and we didn't have a ps2 yet so Mm. there was like this monumental leap between at GoldenEye, which was his favorite game, mm-hmm. to Halo, which was his new favorite game. And um, I remember clearly him struggling to complete the more. And I think he oh, was yeah. on Legendary because my dad said, what's the point in playing on anything lower than the highest difficulty? Was his kind of <laughs> That's mentality. That's what I say. Game. Yeah. So he would go into every game at the highest difficulty, even if it took him like a month to complete. Um, so I just remember him absolutely failing, getting to the mall, and basically just before, and I didn't know at the time, but just before the final cutscene, he gave up. I think it must have been on the Warthog run, mm-hmm. and he never completed the game ever. Um, but it, you know, Halo has—that's number one, basically. Halo holds 
sentimental value for me. And I think that's probably the same for a lot of people. Other than that, it's the only game series in which I've actually enjoyed the extended media. So Mm -hmm. like the books and such. Um, So that's made me more invested in Halo lore than, say, titanfall lore you know which is which yeah. is interesting because it has codex entries and that that particular that universe but uh, once you've become so invested in one universe pulling yourself into any other universe is, is always going to be a little bit hard and ultimately it's got to be the replayability of the of every game for me i mean while i enjoy playing matchmaking um you know especially when the game is fresh and new mm-hmm. i'm not a very good player um it's why i like Halo for its unusual game types and its big team battle and why after the campaign, I love custom games, you know, kicking back on forged maps um, and custom game modes with friends I don't think could ever not be fun it's always there and Mm -hmm. as long as I can physically run the classic Halos, uh, I'll always have the ability to play it with my friends yeah, I mean that's exactly what I like, I love everything you just said. It's like the replay play of the campaigns, the social games versus the competitive games. That's what I also love about Halo. COD is too sweaty for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I the see I loved Call of Duty four, and the last I one too. I bought was Modern Warfare three, um, and those that run was just especially Modern Warfare two. I think just because my friends played it. That was really fun at the time, but it's never a game that other than like maybe just revisiting the campaign it's never a game that i've been like i just want to go back and play that whereas Mm -hmm. halo i always do and the other thing is the enemies like the way they squad up and the ai and how well it fits together i don't feel like any of my game uh, playthroughs of the halo series has ever been identical to one another yes i completely agree i think that's something bungie have done really well since marathon they make really interesting ai Mm-hmm. And they they work together in such a way like if you sneak up on a grunt and then then the next time you try to get the elite the whole combat loop changes. Yes. Yeah, that's what I like about Assault in the Control Room. I know that's one of the people's least favorite levels in uh, the original Halo, but I like going through and trying to sneak through and kill everything while they're sleeping and try to stealth kill the elites. You can get through most of the game without firing or most of that level without firing a single bullet. It's pretty awesome. I've never tried that. But you, do you know, that's interesting, though, because that's the rarity of Halo and, and the few games that are like Halo is that you you don't just play the challenges they give you. You make up the challenges. You know, mm-hmm. the community makes up the challenges. Um, and I think any game which provides you with a sandbox, which you 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 actually want to challenge yourself has succeeded you know i think that's why minecraft did so well yeah. um it's just the replayability goes up rather than you get a lot of of games which are are not replayable at all and they're okay as single packages uh, but they can never be quite as special as a game like halo yeah and i don't think any shooter yeah. since halo has been able to capture that same feeling i ha- i certainly have it i think i think no. the feeling that like halo 3 and, and to an extent halo reach gave was like it's really hard to, to top that with anything. Yeah, yeah. So. And that's not saying I didn't like some first-person shooters since then. Like, I really like Titanfall 2. Oh, and that I've was, replayed that was it good. a couple times, but it still doesn't have that special place in my heart, so... No, I mean, it did... I have to say, the campaign got close to that... that yeah, that well, that feeling. time travel level was yeah. really awesome. That changed <laughs> everything for me. 
I know. Well, it's like, why don't I have this game? Why is this not a full game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, uh, well, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting some chills here. You're actually jumping in and taking over the podcast today a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I think... I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> so the next question is, what is your favorite Halo game? I think I know the answer, uh, but I'll let you jump in on that. And then what's your least favorite? Yeah, I mean, saying definitively my favorite Halo game is very... It's very tricky as I think for any Halo fan to name a specific Halo game because I think that would probably depend on on the week, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the most recent game that I've I played in depth um was Halo 3. Um because I I played it from my Halo 3 retrospective. And the minute I I put it in cuz I had to play it on my original Xbox 360 to get certain footage to illustrate the difference between the Master Chief collection and mm-hmm. the original. And, you know, when I put it in the disk drive, I just, I, I felt like I was back in 2008 when I used to play it every single day because it was my old Xbox, my old controller, and then Halo 3 ODST controller, and it all just sends you right back. Um, that's not to say games like, you know, Combat Evolved, Halo 2, Reach, ODST, or even Halo 4 aren't great games. Um, I think... Part of it was just me playing Halo 3 at an age where I must have been defining my tastes in everything and like movies and video games and everything from that time for me was quite quite special when I was a teenager, I guess. And I, as soon as I started playing it, um, I think I must have decided that this, you know, this is my taste in video games. This is what every <laughs> game that comes after Halo 3 is going to be compared to. Um, and my least favorite um, which, I, I, again, as a Halo fan, is hard to say. But the one I, I didn't enjoy playing as much was Halo 5. And I think that's probably the same for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't honestly made my mind up as to exactly why. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of reasons, like very small reasons that just add up that just don't make it feel quite right. Um, I mean, I felt there was so much promise for the plot line, um, but the actual execution didn't match my expectations from what a halo game is and that's something that i'm hoping can maybe be remedied um in infinite yeah me too i think that return to the classic art style was a good a good step in the right direction yeah it's it's that's always hard for me because i i'm like um i think from a business standpoint it's very hard for them as well because they've almost and you've probably seen um, interviews when they were design doing the design methodology of Halo 4, uh, where 343 were kind of talking about how they wanted to really change Halo and shift it away from, from what it was. And, you know, they hired a lot of people who weren't necessarily Halo fans to really try and make Halo their own thing. Um, and now they're kind of going back. At, and, and as a Halo 3 fan, I, I, I prefer the new art style. Um, but I'm always kind of like... It's cleaner, though. You know, like it's simpler. It feels simpler, and I think sometimes le- less is more, as they say. Yes. Um, leaves more. I do like how they're kind of hybridizing it, though. So there, there are some of the elements that they came up with still in that game, which is really neat. Yes. Yeah. That there are. Yeah. You know, you're completely right, and I think that's probably the way to do it. It's kind of like, you know, we've got two camps: people who love Bungie games and people who love Three Four Three, and let's just kind of mix them together is the the easiest option. And I really hope. I really hope everyone else likes it. I mean, I love the new art style, um, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping it doesn't put, 
you know too many people off because i know a lot of people who actually exclusively like the halo 4 style initially i thought everyone preferred the halo 3 style but i was i was completely wrong i was completely <laughs> off base so like no the halo 4 art style is really quite popular um so i'm hoping that that um fans of that art style also like the new art style i hope they're not like alienated mm. i'm a simple man i just like halo <laughs> yes yeah that's the, that's the thing i mean doesn't matter what the art style is i'm gonna play it it's halo basically that's where yeah. i'm at at this point mm-hmm. um but i i definitely take your sentiment about halo 5 to heart because i felt the same way for a very long time but recently i made the choice consciously to replay halo 5 without all of my bias going in and it is actually a really great game on its own. I'm I'm very mm-hmm. I'm very surprised at how much I enjoyed it all these years later. And that's kind of why we wanted to talk about it on another segment. So, sure, yeah, yeah. Same with Halo Five. Like it's a it's a good first person shooter. It didn't feel right when I I've played it several times now, and it's still just it's it's fine. I just it's not great. I really <laughs> like the multiplayer though. Like it's one of my favorites. You know, even with the enhanced movements, still one of my favorites. Um, which I think I that think might right. be in the minority. It's a fun. It's actually a fun game. I think, like like I said, it's it's the expectation management, which I think is everything when it comes to these things. If it if it maybe wasn't sold as a Halo game, where people were coming in expecting yeah. a certain game, then it could have been you know far more popular, less people. You know, if it was its own style, um, if it then, was a spin off, it would be different. Like yeah, yeah, ODST, it would have been fine. Halo 4 Blue Team or something, right? Yeah. I think it was because people didn't like what they did to established characters, but if these were all new characters, it's not actually a bad plot line. You know, if if yeah. like if you go right really deep into the lore, there are some things where you're like, "Oh, I wish they did they handled, you know, Osiris differently or Blue Team differently, and I wish they handled the fight between Chief and Locke differently." Mm-hmm. But um, I suppose you could say that if you if you take away, I suppose, a lot of the, the lore and the expectations and you say, well, this is actually how Chief or how this person in a spacesuit matches up with this other person in a spacesuit, then you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting fight, you know, plot-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, you know, like I said, as a, as a Halo game, it's not my favorite. But I know that uh, you, you said that you you recently revisited it. I revisit it every so often to record footage. And honestly, you know, having to, with no theater mode, having to use the blind skull to, like, race through the maps to try and get the, the footage you need can be tedious. But it does actually look quite good. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I thought, like, like you're saying, is making it a spinoff. Like, what would you think if they had just removed the Master Chief from it and used a random rogue AI instead of Cortana? And then had it be a spin-off game. I could have even had Master Chief in it and just be Halo Guardians, and I think it would have been gotten a lot less hate. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's a that's an interesting idea. It's hard to say how that that would turn out. I mean, I, I'm always cautious about saying I it's my least favorite because I I don't really there's never been a point even when it was released where I felt completely let down. I know a lot of people did. Um, so I'm not, I'm not super unhappy with it. It's just, I would have maybe preferred something else. So maybe doing that would have, would have been what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Halo Reach is so different, but the thing is, I love that game. It's one of my favorites. And I think it's partly because I went into it realizing it was a spinoff. And so like anything they changed, it didn't bother me. Like the weapons bloom, 
the weird uh, DMR, the assault rifle, um, basically everything. Not playing as Master Chief. It was it was fine because I knew it was a spinoff. And I think that going into Halo Five, if it was had been a spinoff, the enhanced movement wouldn't have been a problem. The the fact that it was mostly Locke's game, not Master Chief's game, would have been a problem. And I don't know. All, basically, all the issues that people have with it, I think, would have been uh, put aside, at least for most people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's actually something that that's that I'd love to cover in a in a video at some point in the future. Like, what um, to kind of define how how I how I and other people feel about Halo Five? Because, like I said, I can't put my finger on exactly yeah. what I, it is. I feel the same way. Like again, I, I can't point to one thing in the campaign as like this is not Halo. Because Halo always changes, so it's hard to actually say what is Halo. No, exactly. And exactly. You could do a video called "Why Is Halo Five So Divisive," and then have all the creators weigh in. Yes, yeah, that would be the that would be the easier way to do it. I mean, it's like I would. The problem I would have is like sometimes with these videos, you almost have to take a side. Sometimes. And, no, uh, you're the narrator. You just have everybody else take. Well, a side. this is why. Exactly. This is why. I mean, I I I can't take a side, and I would I would always struggle to take a side with. Like the the art style debate, I, there's a lot that I like about Halo Four and Halo 5's art style. So I, I physically cannot take a side on those that issue. Equally, I struggle to take a side on Halo Five, um, but I I find the points on each side quite interesting. Um, I've just not encountered as many people who have said that they love Halo Five, and I'd really like to talk with people who love Halo Five and people mm. who hate Halo Five, and maybe balance the argument a little bit and and figure out you know what it is yeah actually i like halo 5 more than halo 4 so that's like, interesting yeah i i enjoyed the campaign more in halo 4 but the amount that i've enjoyed the multiplayer in halo 5 far outweighs how much i enjoyed the campaign in halo 4 so yeah see i originally initially liked 4 better than 5 but I never played the multiplayer on either of those games. I just played the campaigns. <laughs> so like, I don't have any multiplayer bias whatsoever. Yeah, we need to play, Chris. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You want to get back to the interview, though? Yeah, <laughs> we should. Really we should. We, we really silent. dove off the side here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you get into a Halo, you know, what's the yeah, best, what's the worst? I'm it's way like, too opinionated. It's so hard. I, and like I said, it's so scary to, like, to put, because like I said, you cha it changes every week. There have been one week where I've been like, Halo 5 is a great game. <laughs> I've never been <laughs> no no not many people yeah. have but there have yeah. been one or two times where yeah. I've been like I'm actually really enjoying myself yeah I mean I like going through the campaign I was I was fine with it I was disappointed with the story because I was built up from the hunter truth uh thing and exactly. that's it but it's expectation management isn't it that's yep. what they did that's maybe the issue isn't this the game itself yeah I think you're I think you're right all right so, so I think I'm question yeah five, go right ahead. All right, so your Halo recap video has exploded in popularity. Uh, anything you would change in that video? Uh, and also, what are some of your favorite comments or interactions? I think that, I mean, the first thing I'd change is I'd include Halo 3 ODST. Um, oh, whoops. <laughs> like I said, Halo recap was made over the course of four years. And in that time, I, I must have pruned it from an hour long to what it is now which is i don't know 35 minutes or something um an odst section was created but it was eventually deleted at the editing stage because i kind of just wanted to distill it down to just the absolute essentials of understanding the halo universe 
But in the end, I ended up leaving loads of details that were interesting, but not pertinent. So with that in mind, I could have just included Halo 3 ODST. Um, so that that's the biggest that's the biggest thing missing from it. And I tried to make up for that with my animated, like one minute long or whatever it is, animated um, ODST summary, essentially, uh, that I released, I think, a, m a couple of months ago. Um, there were also various small details I got wrong. So you'd assume since I spent four years on it, I'd be able to fix all the issues in the mm -hmm. script. Uh, but the reality is uh, when you're reading or listening to something enough, you tend to like miss out on all of those details yeah. and it just becomes a blur at that point. You're just listening to the voice and you're cutting in what looks good. Um, it's, a, it's like a psychosis thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of just uh, I was just editing to to what made the video seem as like it flows as much as possible. And so any sources I misinterpreted just became less and less obvious as I spent longer and longer working on the video. Um and over the past year of creating videos under same token, because this was the video that started the channel up again, mm -hmm. I've learned a great deal. So generally, any time I look at Halo Recapped, there's a million things I do differently now. Um, so one of them is double-checking sources and redrafting more often. Um, as my following's growing, I feel a greater sense of you know getting things as correct as I reasonably can. Um, but... There's always there always has to be a point where you say, right, I'm finished. <laughs> That's perhaps the hardest thing to do because it can make or break a video, especially one as large as that. I can definitely understand yeah. that. Mm -hmm. I, I've actually seen some bigger YouTubers that actually pull up this video and have like reaction videos. I guess I was kind of when I drafted up this series of questions, I was curious if you'd watched any of those. No, I haven't actually. I didn't realize that was a, a thing. Yeah, let me see if I can find it. Um... I know, I know of one. I think it was. Um, oh, it's terrible. She. Um, it was. I think it was primarily. I think she's a Twitch streamer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This girl. Yeah. Yeah. She. She actually asked for permission to to use the video. I remember, and I was more more than happy, uh, because when she asked, it was it wasn't as big as it is now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. Video, I was like, really? Somebody's reacting to a Halo video. Yeah, I found that quite interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm. I'm honestly uh, flattered she would use uh, my vision of the Halo universe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only one that I really saw. Oh, wait, is this? Nope, that's not it. I was going to say, I thought there was one more, but I have yet to find it again ever since I originally stumbled upon it. But I remember seeing hers, and I was like, that's really cool. Um, but any comments that stuck out to you on that? Um, oh, gosh. I mean, pretty much the, the primary comment would be, where's Halo 3 ODST? And so I think I covered that. Um, there's a lot of comments just here and there, which are just mainly about little corrections and, and things like that. Um, and there's some really, really nice comments as well. I like we forgive you for forgetting ODST. <laughs> Covenant sees a giant ring. We can make a religion out of this. Humans, no, don't. <laughs> yeah, there's some good. I scrolled through this once or twice because there's some. There's always like when these videos blow up. There's always like great comments from people that are fans of the series, and then there's other ones we'll call them <laughs> yes yeah there's a, there's a lot i mean it's it kind of it changes from being um i suppose just my video and it kind of becomes when a video gets big enough it becomes the community's video so it's not really m just my thing anymore it's everyone's thing and i quite i quite like that i think i'm flattered that my video is 
part of one of those types of videos where people who are just wanting to discuss the new news on Halo, for instance, will go there and comment about the new news. Uh, so, um, and I can't take credit for any of that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's it's definitely an evergreen video at this point. You know, you know that term, right? You know what that means. Evergreen, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so actually, so he went Pretty completely deep, silent. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he just doesn't agree with you. That's all. <laughs> Uh, what do you think your most underrated video is so far since you started the channel? I want to say um, my video about the Project Orion. It was actually it's quite recent. Um, so it's about the Spartan Ones, um, which didn't quite get the traction other similar lore videos received. And I tried a lot of different uh, titles and a lot of different thumbnails, and none of them really hit the mark. So I just assume it's not something other people are interested in but i thought it was a, a fascinating subject and there's so little information about the orion project that i had to hunt in some really strange places so i've got a lot of pretty much all of the halo media that i need uh physical media um but i had to listen through a lot of i love bees um stuff mm -hmm. the alternate reality game that was created yep. to market halo 2 and that was all really interesting stuff and apparently 343 are accepting all of that as con uh, canon so um, I kind of just made a video out of a lot of the really obscure um, facts about the Spartan 1 project. Um, but that didn't quite gain the, the traction uh, that, that I, I suppose I, I thought people like would, would want to see. Um, a video I'm hoping people will watch as well is, is the Halo 3 retrospective I made. So that included some of the great voices of the Halo YouTube community. So Hidden Xperia... Installation Zero Zero, Late Night Gaming, just to name a few. And it was also the first time that I managed to get some of my audience involved in a video. And in this case, it was a game night that I recorded. Um, and I couldn't have done it without the assistance of, of all of these people, so many of them um, from the Halo community, which I think is quite fitting for a game, for a video about um, Halo 3. So that's a really special project to me. I feel that's a, that's the most community-driven project I've been a part of. Um, and like I said, it's my favorite Halo game so currently. <laughs> yeah, today. And this video is uh, doing pretty well. It's got more... Anytime you get more views than you have subscribers, you know you're doing pretty well. Yeah, that's. I suppose that's a good metric. I think, like, it's... it's um, there's always the, the fear when you post a video because you're never quite sure. You think that people might want to see this topic, you're never 100% sure, so it could just yeah, crash. I know Chris <laughs> wants to get to 1,000 subscribers so we can have the community tab, and that way we can just ask, what do you want to see? Yeah, we're sick of <laughs> guessing. Just tell us. Great. It's really good. Without the community tab, I couldn't have gotten all the people together I needed for, for this video because we, we did a fantastic game night, two game nights, in fact, um, something that I'm planning on I'm hopefully doing again, and I think people have been asking for because it was great fun. It was just basically the perfect space to get a full lobby of players playing classic Halo 3 custom games. And so on the video that you're looking at now, it's right near the end that I start playing all of the community footage and it's over all the YouTubers talking. And all of that was, um, the, that stuff, some of it was multiplayer, but most of it was um, people just playing together on Halo. I think we had Jenga, which is one of my favorites. And the monster trucks, which is amazing fun, and uh, all of the infection game types were just the beast is so much fun. You ever play that one? 
I did. I didn't oh, have it in man. the video, but it's uh, just all of the. There's actually um, people's file shares that you can still access, which have all of the classic game types. So this is how I managed to get hold of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think like that, having a some kind of server browser for that would have been amazing. One hundred percent. I think I've still got uh, one of the duck ones where you like have all the ducks up in the window one in one place, and the guy at the bottom's got the sniper rifle. Yeah, duck hunts are so fun. We did some of that. We did, um, I think, maybe two. Um, they're very difficult to record, and they don't look as fun as they are to play. So I didn't use much of it, but it's that was good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about the Orion thing. So the Orion video, I love that video. I, I As soon as you posted that up, I was like literally on the verge of trying to figure out more about Sergeant Johnson when you posted that. So it was like the perfect timing. <laughs> for me anyway I'm so glad <laughs> it is an interesting it is an interesting topic but it is a very i realize now it's a very niche interest i think into the halo lore well i yeah. think my only comment on that is uh, i think you you might have hit the seo wrong with that title well yeah i i don't really know i i tried a lot of different titles i wasn't sure about the thumbnail either the thumbnail's great i don't think that's I, initially it was i think it was literally just um the spartan ones was mm-hmm. the title and that didn't work so i tried the spartan ones in bracket project orion and then I, I put project orion at the forefront and then when i did that it started going up a bit faster so i was like what else can i say <laughs> did you uh try putting sergeant johnson in the title at all i didn't but I, I that comes down and i could and i know that would probably get a bit more traction but i always try my best to manage expectations when it comes to coming in the video so i I mean, I, I experienced that when I made a bit of a faux pas in my latest video, and I said Halo 3 belongs on PC, because I was like, that'll get people coming in. But actually, the video doesn't say that. So instead, <laughs> I changed it to Halo 3, sorry, Halo 4 thrives on PC. Mm. Um, and then, because initially, when I did that, it was up for 10 minutes, and I got five dislikes immediately. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's wrong. That is wrong. <laughs> so I, I kind of like, I've realized that sometimes it's it's better to for the goodwill of the audience to manage the expectations rather than just trying to bring them on i just meant like i think this video could do really well you just might take a long time just because well, maybe need to like i'll maybe try and switch it up again uh, when i come up with a better idea yeah put uh, sex and cats in the title and yeah what? and then just completely change the thumbnail that, that'll get golden <laughs> Just put the word Cortana in the title and have a picture of Cortana. (laughs) Just for Will. (laughs) Just for Will. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And the cat could be Catherine. uh... No, I'm just kidding. Never mind, sorry. (laughs) Some fan fiction going on. All right, so what's the next question? Oh, yeah, is there anything that you are excited or worried about for Halo Infinite? Uh, Well, loads of things to be excited about, I have to say. Um, I honestly can't wait to get my hands on it. But there's an equal number of things that I'm being cautious about. Um, So first, I have to say, the gameplay in the demo looked like great fun. It's one of those situations where, yeah, I just wanted to grab the controller and start playing. When they went one direction, I was like, no, I want to go over there and explore. However, ironically, I always worry about open-world games Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can feel vast and diverse, like with Grand Theft Auto V and Skyrim, both arguably, obviously. 
But other times they can feel empty and a little claustrophobic, uh, which is how I felt with Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. It just feels a little bit almost there's so much space, but it just feels lifeless and it feels like you are confined in a game map, not in this vibrant alien world. Okay. The great thing with Halo generally being linear is that it can take you to so many places. Although the sandbox is confined, the world around it, combined with the story, can make it feel like an epic and expansive journey. Another example of this is uh, Mass Effect 2. Its maps, its maps are quite small, but it still feels like a, a huge game. Perhaps it's down to the diversity of locations and missions, maybe coupled with some great pacing. Um, I don't know. But having said all that, uh, we haven't seen enough of how the game's going to handle its sandbox to make a proper judgment. So with that in mind, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, what I, I'm being also cautious and a bit more cautious, honestly, about is the live na- nature of Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. So being like a game as a service. After the demo was released, I saw a few articles, I think some by like GameSpot and IGN, basically saying that Halo Infinite was set out with the same vision as Destiny, as the first Destiny, in that it would be the final big Halo title for the next decade. Campaigns will perhaps be delivered as DLC, and there's even talk of updating the graphics as they go. Now, this could be great. There's no reason why their take on the live service couldn't be a template for how live games should be done in the future. It could be the best live game we've seen. But we have to get more information and demonstration to get a more nuanced overview of what they're intending to do with this. And then there's the free-to-play multiplayer with its microtransactions. On the one hand, this is fantastic for keeping Halo player numbers high. If done right, it has the potential for making Halo a really popular game. Mm-hmm. If it is based on the blueprints uh, of like Halo's classics, the matchmaking, custom games, and Forge, uh, then I think there's an opportunity for expanding the community. And honestly, I'm all for that. I used to play um, Team Fortress 2 before it went free to play. And when I found out it would be free, I was a little concerned. Uh, But honestly, some of my favorite moments were from after it became free. And I don't still play it today, so I don't know what it's it's like after that. But in the, the year after it became free, I had a great time. And so ultimately, I don't have any issue with a properly implemented microtransaction system. I think as a consumer, it's a balance of, do I feel as though I'm getting a good deal? And are my expectations, like we said, are, are they met? In the end, I always prefer a single transaction for a product. I like the idea that everything in the game is unlockable without me having to spend any extra money, even if I have no intention of unlocking that. But it doesn't mean to say that I can't be happy with a freemium game. Uh, or that uh, a freemium game is necessarily a a bad deal. Um, Quite the opposite, honestly. Sometimes you can get hundreds of thousands, uh, or hundreds, two thousands probably more realistically, of hours from a game that you spent no money on. Um, Also, uh, with Team Fortress 2, I don't remember hats being a thing before microtransactions, Uh, so when they were added, it was uh, something additional, Um, I didn't feel as though 
I should already have had them because we never had them before. That's maybe where things get a bit iffy with Halo Infinite. Um, they there's been talk of them locking out color selection with armor mm-hmm. shaders, um, which is something players of, you know, color selection something players have grown used to as a bare minimum. Um, but I I haven't actually commented on that at all because I I want to see what their their plans are yeah, before same. I make up my mind. Um, I know a lot of people aren't aren't happy, but uh, we, you know we don't have any demonstrations of it yet. On the whole, um, I you know I'm not going to form too much of an opinion on why, you know the the internal issues as well. Um, I've heard some has been some leadership changes, uh, and I I don't think I'd, I'd really I know some people have been concerned about that, but I wouldn't want to comment on that just yet, because you know loads of businesses who do really phenomenal work have internal changes. Mm-hmm. It's just that 343 Industries are under the microscope from players who are obviously really excited for, for a new Halo game. Yeah, it can spell trouble sometimes, but uh, like here, it, it's sometimes impossible to say exactly what it means until something concrete turns up. Um, that concrete evidence could be the finished game and whether it performs well and it's a good game. Uh, but even then, I'd be cautious about commenting either way on the in the internal issues. Um, I always remember uh, reading about, you know, you, you do lots of business case studies at universities. And honestly, it's always far more complex than first meets the eye. There's so many moving parts in the games industry. Um, so with that in mind, uh, I'm very optimistic about Halo Infinite. Now, very positive outlook. <laughs> I don't personally. Um, I'm not about a, a appearance and customization, but I know a lot of people are. Um, for the most part, I stick to the default thing, except on Halo Three, where I did actually customize my character quite a bit. But that was the one I probably spent the most on the multiplayer on. Um, I think the thing that has always bothered me about, and you can chime in if you agree or disagree. I think when you try to take advantage of people by having short duration sales or short duration limited edition equipment in a digital game, that's when I think you've hit the point of, you know, too much, uh, consumer, uh, anti-consumer behavior, because I think that in halo, all of these things should always be available to purchase. Now you can bury it in the store. You can make it harder to find by and get them more, up-to-date featured things at the front of the store just to sell to people and make it more hyped up and you know this season we're bringing this stuff in but for halo for halo fans people who love the game who love the game play and love the multiplayer are going to buy stuff anyways to support the game they love and to get their own customization so taking things out of halo would really bother me if they at some point said this is a limited you like the mcc type where they have the seasons but you can always go back and yes the previous season exactly yeah i can understand that i think i think um i can see what they're trying to do if they make things limited um generally it's like scarcity will increase the value of certain things um but it's scarcity in in products like the disney vault for instance um Mm -hmm. is always a bit more you know, people don't mind as much when it comes to physical products, but when it's digital, it feels you can see that it is virtual and it's not it's artificial. It feels artificial. So we'll have to see, I guess, how artificial it feels and that'll that'll you know that'll change how people feel about it. Um I mean, like I said, I'm always for everything just being I will spend seventy pounds if I need to and I'll have everything. But I understand that's not realistic anymore. Um so 
I think I'm kind of just I'm kind of just relinquished to the fact that it's it's gonna it's kind of going in this direction. So I'm hoping that they manage it in a way that um, that players that feels good for players. I mean, weirdly enough. Let me rephrase that. Digital goods should not be time limited to force consumers to buy them. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's that's like, uh, gosh, it's going to uh, a lot of retailers. <clears throat> Nintendo. <clears throat> <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's, it's a Mario collection comment. Um, <laughs> sorry. So what are your goals with YouTube um, going forward with your channel? Now that you have an audience, you've built it up, you've got your Halo recapped video that you go back and occasionally cringe at and also think about how you could have improved it and have fun with the comment section. What are some of your goals going forward? I think, um, I suppose my main goal is to release more often, more videos. Um, I'd like to release a video every two weeks for the next year. I'm kind of, that's my goal, to reach. Well, as then, a fan, I'm excited for that goal. <laughs> thank you. Well, I hope I hope that the quality can, can be maintained. That's kind of my, my aim. I mean, I'll, I'll eventually try and get that down to a video every week. Um, so I've experimented with creating the opinion piece, which was my latest video, which which is on right now. Halo 4 can thrive on PC. And that didn't take very long, and it was very fun to make. And so that's the kind of video which I'm hoping I'll be able to do more often, while at the same time um, I can still create my, my larger videos, um, you know, in the background. And so my my only main, my main concern, obviously, with opinion pieces is they can be pretty polarizing. Um, and probably my issue is I, I like to take as balanced a view as I can. So what will happen is I'll start writing my opinion and I'll be like, I might actually I, do I feel that way? And then I'll go explore <laughs> that and I'll explore the other side. And so it that that obviously takes longer. I was hoping to get that opinion piece out. And basically my whole Halo 4 kind of thrive on PC video was me just saying this is amazing and i was like wait i need to be a bit more balanced than that um, <laughs> so I, I went back and i redid it and that took an extra two days from what i wanted it to take just from the rewrites uh, so i'm hoping i can get faster at doing that basically that's the kind of content i want to do as balanced as possible um but i'm wanting to speed up as much as i can so i can eventually get to my target which is a, a video a week um now I, I have some rough projections of where i'd like the channel to be stats wise but YouTube is just so volatile, especially when it comes to content like this. But, you know, like I said before, I've got the YouTube bug and the knowledge that I've been figuring out what I want to do on YouTube for the last seven years kind of helps drive me forward. This is the content I definitely want to be doing. It's essentially just how often I, do, I post. That's my main metric that I have to, to get to. Yeah. I definitely am looking forward to the idea of uh, same token video every week. That I know. Pretty I, awesome. I really hope you get that goal sooner rather than later because I will definitely enjoy that. Well, it's <laughs> like we will make one less video a week. If no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just uh, being less precious with with certain videos, like knowing where the bigger videos are where I need to put the editing pressure on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will be playing around with with a clip which is like five seconds long and I'll spend three hours trying to get that right. And I, I'm not exaggerating, it's it's pretty bad. Sometimes I'll be like, what am I doing? I'm just gonna leave it, it's fine. <laughs> I get it though, cause like I, I don't edit videos very often, but the one time I did recently was for our, uh, Halo Infinite Road, old time road, old, 
Old oh, Town yeah. Road parody that uh, it's done pretty well so far for the size yeah, of our channel, but uh, I spent way too much time editing clips together for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the original format of this podcast was essentially we would film like three hours and then Chris would go back through and pick out like what he liked. And that was awful. <laughs> I spent hours chopping it down. It was it was nuts. Yes, yeah, that that kind of thing, especially spontaneous stuff, um, just takes forever. I don't know how YouTube channels like PewDiePie can output at the rate that they did, even before he started getting editors in. Mm-hmm. Like that, the, that rate is just nonstop. That's really, really impressive. Yeah, unhuman or inhuman. <laughs> Speaking of other creators, Will's got a great question for yeah. you. Uh, so what, what are some of your favorite c- content creators here on the YouTubers? Oh, yeah. So um, I think I've said a few already. There's all the channels and creators that initially inspired me. So like Markiplier, um, Dead Pixel, um, I think Adam Kovic, I think is his name, um, on Inside Halo. I still love watching all the stuff that they're doing today. I think Adam Kovic maybe works on works for Rooster Teeth now. I think they have it Inside Gaming. Yeah. And then there's all the other Halo YouTubers, um, which I'm always checking out. Installation Zero Zero, I love his stuff. Um, Late Night Gaming, love his. I've, I've been watching him since before, um, before I started back on YouTube again. Mm. Um, Hidden Xperia. And now I'm just back. I'm just like, like I'm, I'm friendly with them all, obviously, but I love their stuff. And uh, nowadays, um, other than like Halo YouTube, I'm absolutely addicted to In a Nutshell. So you might have heard of Chris Gassat. They, their animations, and uh, you know they make like animated mini documentaries on what if we detonated all the nuclear bombs at once. And they have a really scientific approach. Mm-hmm. And by scientific, I mean more like um, well-versed, well-researched approach to creating yeah. videos. And that's the that's what I want to reach. I'm never going to be like a, an animation channel like that. But um, I really respect the amount of care and attention to detail and the number of sources that they... And they're very transparent about those sources. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that's kind of the level that I try to achieve when I'm creating videos. Try to, you know get opinions from as many sources be as accurate as you can while also condensing it summarizing it and being entertaining that's that's like these guys for me are the at the top of that kind of game um and then there's one i think one last channel i suppose lazy game reviews lg yes mm-hmm. you're the first oh, person to bring him up <laughs> is i mean through university when i was studying for exams he i would watch all of his videos in my breaks and I must have seen every single one by now. And it was actually his retrospective videos that inspired me to make my Halo retrospectives and uh, inspired me to keep going with those because I, I just love his format. His content's fantastic. And he's definitely someone, if I can ever get there, I'd love to talk with him just about old video games and antiquated technology at some point in the future. That would be If like, we get him on the podcast, we'll bring you back. Yeah, if you get him on the just podcast, for that. I'm coming. I don't even need an invite. I'm just coming part of my way. <laughs> <I like it. laughs> Two in the morning, I'm there, guys. No. <laughs> and of course, like, I love what you guys are doing here on the Trillcast. Trillcast. Oh, no, he said it wrong. I, I, I have it written yeah. down here. It's, it's Trillcast to remind myself because I'm... 
No, no, it's it's, it's krill, like like, like the like the um, it shrimp. I realized why it's that name, but now, but as soon as it clicked, I was like, wow, that's good. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I I wish you guys the best with your channel. Thank you. Thank you. So wait, did you say Shrillcast on on purpose as an as a, as funny, or did you say it because you thought it was Shrillcast? We're gonna go with the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's pronounced like Krillcast, like the um krill, like the whales eat. Yes. 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 Yeah, I got that with the logo. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> this is my favorite lazy game review video ever. He oh got God. it to it's put... so cool. He managed to get the formats is just like uh, the getting cable store. I don't know how hard it was for him, but um, I've been doing a, a video on retro games recently, which has been taking a lifetime to make. And uh, sorting out formats between old technology and new technology is is hell. Yeah, um, if you ever want to have a long and lengthy conversation about converting video and audio signals to work on older or newer technology, I am definitely another guy you could talk to about because I've spent loads of time figuring out how to get a GameCube component signal to be captured by my um, Elgato uh, HD capture card. So (laughs) I know what I'm talking about at this point. Anyways, (laughs) this was my favorite. He inspired me so much, so I'm glad you brought him up. He's so cool. Yeah, he is. He seems like a really great guy as well. I think like his, 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 it's just something about his format. Yeah. Great as well. Really good community. Very Um, relaxed. And he seems to really respect his community as well, and that's something I strive towards. Absolutely. Um, So is there anything that we have missed or that you would like to discuss or anything that you would like to ask us? Any questions? Gosh, I think I've given you my life story already. I (laughs) I wouldn't want to take it more of time. (laughs) No, I meant like, I guess, if you don't have anything to ask us, we can end it right here. Yeah, I think that's that's fine, unless you, you guys have any other questions. I think you answered our questions really thoroughly, and some of the answers are really great, actually, because, you know, one, you actually have a story behind your name, which is unique and nice, and then you also said that you listen to other Halo YouTubers. There's been so many times when people will say, oh, I don't like listening to the content creators that have similar content because they don't want to be accidentally inspired or or what have you, and it's just it's nice that you essentially watch the same stuff I do. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Did, uh, yeah. I, that's an interesting take. I think it's I think it's always good, yeah, to um, to to see what other people are doing because I, I, I think, think taking inspiration is okay. I think what you do, it's okay to take inspiration from other YouTubers because doing a compilation retrospective type video almost is mo- like not motivated, but almost would require something like that for you to get the full story from all perspectives you can find on the internet. And so you're in like the unique position where that's actually beneficial and complimentary versus like some other channels that would both make a 10 minute video on a, on a news related item and have the same exact, you know, trot out the same words and the same ideas. Whereas yours is not that. I suppose news is a hard one. Yeah. Cause news is always, if you look at someone else, then you're going to be like, I've had that idea. I've I've watched it now. I've already incepted the idea now. I can't not write it. Mm-hmm. So there's, I suppose I can see why you would avoid falling into that trap. I think um, speaking of community perceptions and, and like retrospectives, um, I think that's probably when I'm going to talk about Halo 5. A Halo 5 retrospective will probably be the perfect chance. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll maybe see if I can get you guys to weigh in 
Oh, heck yeah. Um, yeah. It if sucks. You're, if you're willing, because I, <laughs> I think you guys had some really interesting perspectives on it. And I think that's, that's I mean, today, I haven't thought about it much, actually. But I think that it's it's important because I kind of rambled on um, on at first saying it's my least favorite Halo game, but then saying, actually, it's not so bad. So I, <laughs> I don't think my mind is made up. So I think that will really help if you're willing. Yeah, sure. we're down for that. Perfect. All right. Um, well, I guess we'll end this interview with Mr. Same Token. Uh, now that he's told us his entire life story, we can uh, put it on the internet for archival purposes forever. Yes. Um, <laughs> so as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Same Token, and thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And we will see you on next Crowcast. Bye, guys. <laughs> This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And today is Throat the Throat the Throwback Thursday. Why do I have Fable in the background? I'm going to change that. Because you do. Because you're weird. I don't know. Um, so Halo 5, The Guardians. Uh, what do we have to say about that? Well, today is Throwback Thursday, so we usually cover everything we know about this game. What, what do we know? This one instead. <laughs> All right. What was your question? I was too focused on the background. So we usually cover everything to do with Halo, whatever we're covering on Throwback Thursday. So what do we know about Halo 5? Oh, it sucked. Oh. Oh, sorry. Okay, Halo 5 <laughs> Guardians. Halo 5 Guardians is a first-person shooter video game developed by 343 Industries and published by Microsoft Studios for the Xbox One. The fifth mainline entry and tenth overall. Came out on my birthday. They did me dirty. The fifth mainline entry and tenth overall in the Halo series. It was released worldwide on October 27, 2015, and is now five years old. But we missed the anniversary due to my uh, daughter being born, and we had uh, dot slash frag host. Shout out to them. And then uh, Billy, Timmy, and Will did a full week without me. Sad. Yep. That was wonderful. <laughs> I had so much freedom. I know. <laughs> Will just like went on dictator mode and took over the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> the game's plot follows two fire teams of human super soldiers, Blue Team, led by Master Chief, and Fire Team Osiris, led by Spartan Locke, which uh, if you noticed in the same token podcast, I meant to say Halo Fire Team Osiris, not Halo Blue Team as the spinoff title, but nobody corrected mm-hmm. me, so that's fine. I just um, figured that's what you meant. So. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so when the former as in uh, Master Chief's team, the blue team, goes absent without leave to track down the artificial intelligence construct Cortana. Master Chief's loyalty is called into question, and Fireteam Osiris is sent to retrieve him, which uh, was a really cool team that turned into kind of a bland storyline. Um, yep. 343 Industries started to plan concepts and objectives for Halo 5 shortly after the release of its predecessor, Halo 4. In late 2012, the team set out goals for the game, including larger campaign and multiplayer areas. And like Halo 4, it uses motion capture for character animation. It features new abilities and character design, designs, but does not feature any offline capabilities or local networking. It has a game engine that scales its resolution to maintain a frame rate of 60 frames per second. Which is good. I like having the, the constant frame rate. I nope. don't care if the frame rate... It should have been at 30 so I could have played some freaking co-op with my buddies and my on my couch. They cut it out so they could have the 60 frames. Let me, let me finish my thought here, Will. No. I don't care if the frame rate's fast. I just want it to be constant. Okay. 
So, like, that's what I was saying. I'm glad that they made it 60. It was inconsistent to the Series X, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have been fine with 30 is what I'm saying. Like, I just mm-hmm. want it to be a constant frame rate. That's, yeah. what I, that's what I was applauding them for was a constant frame rate, not yeah, specifically fair. 60. And here we are watching a YouTube within a YouTube video within a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. So that's I love it. That's awesome. Shout out to Late Night Gaming. Um, so what do you remember about Halo 5's gameplay, the marketing, the release, all that fun stuff? What do yeah, you remember? So I'll, I'll talk about the marketing. The marketing had me super hyped up for this game. So they had the uh, SoundCloud podcast thing where it's Hunter Truth. And I was super pumped for that. The storylines, like, it seemed like a smaller storyline where it's like Chief is going AWOL. We don't know why. And it's like you're hunting the truth, like, like as Locke trying to figure out why Master Chief is doing that. And in my mind, I had this all built up where you would play through the campaign as Locke and you get to the end and whatever happened, happened. But then you would start it over again and you'd play through the whole campaign as uh, Master Chief. And you have, like, the, the branching paths. Like, remember in Star Fox 64? how you could go, like, one planet path versus the other planet path, but you still ended up uh, being that monkey android guy. I can't remember his name. Um, but that's how I thought it was going to go. So when I actually got the game, and, you know, it plays fine. Like, I've gone through it multiple times since, and it's fine. It's a fun game. But that story just really let me down. And as I said in the very beginning, it's it just sucked. It was a, It was a sucky story. It had potential. They just did not fulfill that potential at all uh however going back to gameplay i really like the multiplayer i think the arena is the strongest that it's been since halo 3 uh the war zone is fun there's at least a lot to be desired and i see where they could go with it and i hope they keep it infinite but expand upon it and i really like the war zone firefight it'll never replace original firefight for me but it's still really enjoyable and i play that um frequently i agree uh it is it is a misleading marketing campaign, but the game is actually fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I remember about Halo 5. I do remember the first time I played it, I was like, this is Power Rangers in space. What am yep. I doing? <laughs> and uh, that was basically where I stopped the first time. I was like, man, I just don't feel like finishing this game. But now that I've revisited it five years later, I do really enjoy the gameplay yeah. itself. And Will has a visit from the Master Chief who's going to take him down for badmouthing this game. But no, I heard the door open and footsteps coming near you. That's why I was laughing yeah, no. about it. <laughs> so, I guess the next question is: Halo Five is not coming to PC. Why? Not yet, at least. So I think that um, it's so close to the Infinite release that it just doesn't make sense. I think, and also you cannot add that to the MCC. The MCC no. is already such a huge freaking game, and it's getting bigger every day because they're adding in the almost microtransactions where they have the seasons and everything like that. You don't buy anything yet. But I can see that eventually you w- you will be buying those skins. And I don't, I'm not necessarily against that because they haven't they're finally giving us more to those games than what we originally had. So I'm okay with it. Um, but with Halo 5, that's also a huge game. So I think it's going to take them a lot longer to optimize that for PC. And they also got to think about how they're going to do it. Because like I said, for MCC, I, I'm now seeing why they actually put the effort into it other than finally putting it at the standard that it should have been to begin with. I see them being able to make it into a like a service game, like a live service game. I don't see that with Halo 5. Uh, you're not going to be able to pack it in with the MCC because the whole 
uh, microtransaction that it has in its own game. The UI is super different. I don't think it will layer well with those older games. And the amount of time it's going to take, Infinite's already going to be out, so it's going to you know, overshadow a PC release of Halo 5, which was already a divisive game. I, I do think that maybe if they put the multiplayer on PC first and they have it cross-play, that would actually be a really good decision. But w- we will see. Agreed. Agreed on a lot of what you said, but I actually think that Halo 5 coming to PC and getting a re-release on the Xbox Series X would make a lot of sense this Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they they don't have enough time to do that, though. They haven't even finished Halo 4 yet. They've already ported the game to the Xbox Series X as part of backwards compatibility. Yeah, I know it's there, but as far as like optimizing it for PC, there's a lot more that goes into that than just putting it there, because you, you have to adjust the feel the fov there's nah. a lot of lots of different things that pc players do that i would never even think about but it's 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 commonplace for pc games and they would have to completely overhaul the game to do that i mean i don't know i mean i've done it for all the mcc games and i know people are really excited about those additional features and when they're missing they're, they're not happy about it <laughs> but it's halo 5 yeah, but people, you're, you'd be surprised. People were really upset with, like, Halo CE or, you know, Halo Reach, which was never on PC before. Like, if when it, I think it didn't launch with some of the normal features. Like, I don't think you could adjust the FOV very much at first. I think that was, like, patched in, like, a couple weeks later. But people were not happy. However, the, I, I don't know. Going back to the MCC, I'm super excited with what they've done. The customization UI is totally different. You have a 3D model of your Spartan now. Of all of the games, so even Halo 2, you have like a 3D model that rotates and you can see it. Oh, it's great. And I think putting in extra skins and extra helmets now too. Go on, well, sorry. then make it an Xbox Series X exclusive launch. Launch it on the Xbox Series X and then port it to PC. Well, I mean, it's already going to be there. So what's the, what are you trying to enhance about it? Put it in a new box and resell it. <laughs> No, it's like, why would I buy this? This is on Game Pass. And I well, if they added, it. if they added in some of the stuff that they should have had in the first place, but you're right, they're not. There's nothing. It'd be too much work at this mm-hmm. point to fix it. Maybe they should do a re-release of Halo Five and just have it be Halo Five Deluxe. Go the Nintendo route. Yeah, from well, the they Wii U could, to they the could Switch. Do that. <laughs> yeah, they they could do that, and they could even have, um, I don't know, just package in all the stuff that they added that's there now, and. I don't know, maybe add in a couple of campaign missions. I don't know how, how hard that would be because they've, slept, they've completely changed engines so they're not working in the engine anymore. Um, well, that's a good point, though. Like If they don't if they don't conclude the Cortana storyline well, then just do Halo 5 Guardians Deluxe, finish the Cortana storyline, and then yeah. bridge the gap to Infinite. I mean, I actually was kind of hoping that there would be a smaller side story that release like sort of like ground zeros for metal gear solid five mm-hmm. where it's like a two-hour campaign and it just bridges the story um i think that would have been cool however I, again i don't know how they're going to do infinite so now originally i thought infinite was going to start on like in that cutscene where you see him floating in space but it seems that the, it might actually start prior to that on reach um i'm reading through that new halo book and i think that it, the game might actually start there um, so, I mean, that's very much that that story is very much grounded in the Cortana storyline. So, I don't know how they're going to like essentially ignore Cortana through that through that whole campaign, which what it seems like they're going to do. 
Yeah, maybe. Because essentially the way they're doing it, not to ruin it for anyone of that book, but essentially they just keep, they don't use satellites and they don't use any like nuclear explosions. And then Cortana doesn't know where you're at, basically. (laughs) So that's essentially how they're keeping her. Like she's in the story without actually interacting because there's a constant threat. Like, okay, well, if this battle gets too big, it's going to like Cortana is going to hear the chatter and she's going to send a guardian and attack us. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, <laughs> I, I make it sound terrible, but it, it's great for the book. I'm just curious how it's going to work in the game. Maybe the book takes care of Cortana. Yeah, I haven't gotten to the end yet. I don't think it does though, because I read the spoilers. <laughs> <sighs> You're ruining the game for me, Will. <laughs> so no. So the thing is, is like. I have no idea where Zeta Halo is. So it, it could also be like they could have moved it or something like that, or it's outside of her reach. So it doesn't matter how, how big of an explosion and stuff that you do. And the thing is, again, the you can clearly see that something's happened to Zeta Halo. There's been a huge battle. There's a big chunk of the ring missing. So although the first mission could be set on reach during the story, there could be a gap in time where Cortana is actually vanquished that you don't even experience until later on in the game through cutscenes or something. <clears throat> Like the Master Chief is heartbroken <clears throat> and trying to get over his ex-girlfriend, the AI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should read the book. Maybe I will. I don't want to ruin it for you. It, it, I think it does set up the game very well. I like how we're having this serious discussion and in the background is the yes. uh, blow-up inflatable <laughs> Master Chief helmet with the Act-Man. Yeah, the Act-Man's great. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> it says, why is Halo Pies campaign so bad? Yes. All right, fine, fine. Last little thing I want to talk about. Um, has the game aged well? I think the multiplayer has for sure. I, I still can jump in. And I think they have optimized it to a point where it's a lot more fun, even from when it launched. And I, I really enjoy Warzone. Again, it's it's would be better in the next game. I can see where they should improve. But as far as the first like a new campaign mode, is, it's unique to Halo 5. I really enjoyed it. And then the arena, again, it's very quick, very tight. It reminds me very much of Halo 2, and that's my favorite multiplayer. Uh, so I think that aged great. I enjoy it very much, and I enjoy the random playlist that they have now where they have, like, Fiesta and all the older Halo games. They'll have, like, a classic playlist where <clears throat> and plays, like, Halo 3. And, I mean, I kind of wish that Halo 5 played like that anyway, but it's a lot of fun playing that in the multiplayer. The, the campaign is better than when it first launched because they made the AI a little bit smarter. They made the bullet sponge AIs a little bit less bullet spongy. The guns uh, also play a little bit better than when they first launched. So, And how great is it that we finally have a console that can play every single Halo game? Yes. You mean <laughs> as far as Xbox One? Yeah. And yeah. Xbox Series X. Uh, yeah, well, Series X will will really be no i guess the, the xbox one will as well because <laughs> technically right now halo infinite is still coming out for both which i think is a both i'm really happy that they did that because they're not trying to split the play race but now that's not launching i think they should probably drop that no 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 i think they should listen to me okay i have had this going on for <laughs> weeks for for months almost a year now every single tech youtuber on this platform says drop the xbox one no i think that would be a huge mistake and i'll tell you why x cloud exists on both platforms right now game pass exists on both platforms right now 
if you drop one of those two platforms, you have segmented Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And right now would be a mistake because Game Pass is the biggest thing that Microsoft has going for them and with xCloud. And if you segment the population of Xbox game players right now, you ruin the launch of the Series X. All right. Fair. I think that from a marketing perspective, keeping it in there is good. I think from keeping it for all of the all of your existing fan base is also good. I'm just worried that if it was like launching just on the series uh, on the X and the Series X, I'd be fine because the X is very powerful. But the original Xbox is a VCR, and that thing is going to struggle. I mean, it struggles with games now, like trying to play Star Wars: uh, The First Order. I can't remember what that game's called now. What is the new Star Wars game that came out? Jet Last Jedi? No. Squadron? Jedi Order? Oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm blanking. Jedi on. Fallen Order? Fallen Order, goodness gracious. So, uh, it struggles to play that game. And, you know, the new Halo game seems like, you know, going semi-open world and new graphics. It really does seem like it's going to potentially struggle playing that game. But they figure it out via the cloud that they never really... If Breath of the Wild could run on the Wii U... That's completely if different. Halo 5 can run on the Xbox One. Okay. Barely. <laughs> it, it looks beautiful on the original Xbox One. I'm sorry. You, see it on you cannot tell me X. any so different. You cannot tell me that it can't somehow scale graphics. All right, fine. fine. I, I will say that what they're probably going to do, I'm 100% certain there's going to be DLC for this game, like campaign DLC. You have the base game launch on both, and then the, the next story DLC is going to only be on the Series X. I doubt it. I think they're going to go along the lines of Destiny, where Destiny... Once it got past, I don't remember which one it was now. I think it was the Taking King was the last for Destiny, and then the next DLC was only on the newer consoles. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. <laughs> I think uh, Microsoft's going to buy Steam next. <laughs> yeah, well, this gonna pl- they're going to buy everyone. They're just going to buy Nintendo. They're going to buy Sony. <laughs> no, you got to hear me out. Gabe Newell started at Microsoft. It would be really cool to see him end his career at Microsoft. Yeah. I don't know what buying Steam would do for Microsoft at this point. Valve. Buy Valve as a company. Bring Half-Life. I mean, if they actually made another Half-Life, like a proper sequel, I would be happy. <laughs> well, think about the franchises that are... like, I, And I think it's more likely they would buy Valve as a developer. Mm-hmm. But um, imagine having Halo VR. That'd be cool. Anyways, that's totally sidetracking our entire yep. conversation. Um, I think we've gotten through Halo 5, and as Will said, it sucked. Just kidding. Um, yep. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we are... The Krillcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Same Token. And that's not Halo. What no, are looking no, at? it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it almost looks like Doom, doesn't it? Yeah. Almost, yeah. You could call it a Doom clone. Mm-hmm. Or you could call it the Max Doom Killer. Or you could call it, yeah, the Doom Killer. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> well, that was how it was marketed when it came out. Do you know that, Will? Yeah, I know that it's supposed to be the Doom Killer, but I also remember, you know, the 2016 remake of Doom, and I don't see anything being remade for a marathon just yet, but... <laughs> Apparently this guy sits here for, like, half the video. What is going on here?
There we go. Um, <laughs> it's like, let's just have a footage of this guy sitting here with a gun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is a very interesting enemy character right there. That is for sure. <laughs> All right. Does it look like a rogue? Go on. <laughs> Today is fr- Friendly Friday. It's not It's not a Face-Off Friday or Full Friday or any of those mm-hmm. other Fridays. Um, it, so today we're going to discuss the prompt uh, after Same Token tells you about his channel uh, as to whether or not Microsoft should do a HD remake from the ground up of the Marathon Trilogy using potentially the Slipspace engine or other engines they have available to them, but probably the Slipspace engine. Well, they own the Doom engine. Hold on, Will. Sorry. I've introduced the prompt. Now, Same Token, <laughs> what do you do on your channel? Yes, yeah, so my channel is all about uh, video games, whether it's Halo lore or commentaries on upcoming game releases. And uh, since we're talking about Marathon, I do want to give a quick shout out to another channel that actually talks about Marathon quite a bit. It's called um, Ghost. I'll just type in Ghost Marathon. I think it'll come up. I'm trying to remember what this guy's uh, channel name. Let's go channels. I'm oh yeah, I'm subscribed to him. I'll just find it. <laughs> Sorry. Let's see here. Subscriptions by list. It's like Ghost Virus or Ghost something. Isn't there, way, isn't there a way to go to the manage and see them all? Oh, dear Lord. Here we go. I'll cut some of this out later. Here, we'll here's see. the dead space. Ghost Virus. It is Ghost Virus. I was right. So this guy did um, Durandal, uh, which is a marathon video, the philosophy and ambition. Mm-hmm. He actually covered about why. Oh, and he's doing myth now, too. So he's just doing all kinds of old bungee stuff. Mm-hmm. But he did a video where he actually pointed out that Cortana was um, inspired an inspiration from the marathon trilogy which was a really interesting video that is interesting i can see that because bungie loves going back to their old games for Mm -hmm. ideas well even the marathon symbol i mean like that is in halo and there's a lot of echoes throughout halo uh based Mm -hmm. off this game so going going back to uh where we were at before um oh go check out ghost virus and also subscribe to same token so Mm -hmm. both of those channels are great um, but same tokens here, and Ghost Virus is not. So we're going to talk. We're going to talk the same <laughs> token. The ghost Virus. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess why don't you jump into it? How do you feel about an HD remake from the ground up of Marathon? Same I mean, tokens. I'll. I'm yeah. I I definitely want to see what Marathon would look like in uh, you know without just sprites. I'd love to see what each um, each enemy type would look like and th- like be reimagined in 3D. It's the kind of game where I personally love the atmosphere and the story. Um, it just does feel very dated. And so to have that atmosphere and that story reimagined in a modern engine, I think would be really interesting. I'd love to see this enemy in 3D. <laughs> this particular yeah, that, I mean, that enemy would especially be, uh, be interesting. I mean, the graphics of Marathon at the time were... They, they kind of it pushed the envelope, really, of especially, obviously, Mac graphics. But I think computer graphics as a whole, it was pretty pretty good as far as, as I'm aware, you know, at the time. So I think it, it would be a real opportunity to maybe do it again. This is what the initiative is, is working on, the new Microsoft Studio. You think so? Yeah, the, no, I don't know. No, I doubt it. <laughs> the the cool. secret game. Well, they're saying it's Perfect Dark, and that's a first-person shooter. So, the, I mean, it, it could be this. However, my question is, does Microsoft actually own the rights to this game? I don't think they do. No, it's 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 open. It's an open-source thing. So Bungie, when they left Mac, um, they kind of retained the rights to this, but kind of didn't. 
And so they had to release it on PC. So they did it by making it open source. And then a bunch of people that modded the files allowed it to come to PC. And and then it kind of went into the general, um, what is it, GNU, general, I can't remember what that stands for. Um, but it's general use at this point, I think, the original code. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think the original games are probably fair game. I think like there's probably so far that you could legally upgrade it through things like mods before you start getting into questionable ter- territory. Like if you were to start selling the whole Marathon trilogy completely remastered, then it would probably be a violation of copyright. Um, but if you were to release, uh, I don't know, bring it into a different engine and improve it a little bit, as long as you have the source code yourself to put it in, then that might be okay. But it wouldn't be the HD remake that I'd want. Yeah. I would love to see Microsoft throw some money at Bungie and say, do this. I'd love, I'd love, even, even if someone could just buy the IP or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, someone from, you might've heard of double Alt, the, um, I think it was, it was Greg Kirkpatrick. Maybe he, Basically, um, some guys from Bungie um, left Bungie around the end of Marathon 2 to start their own company called Double Ought. And they were the guys who made the Marathon Infinity story. And so it would be great to get some of the original guys back in, whether it's under that company, which I don't think is is currently active anymore, (laughs) uh, or under another company, it'd be good to get them back to do a HD remake. That would be ideal. Mm -hmm. But realistically, it'd probably be the IP would have to be purchased and then it would be a different developer altogether. Yeah. Yeah. I would be curious like where the rights sit currently. Cause I know there were some rights tied up with Apple and Mac. Some rights were tied up with Bungie. Some rights were tied up with Microsoft. The whole acquisition process left this game like shattered as to who owns the rights to it, which is why I think it's been allowed to be open sourced. I'm so glad they allowed it to be open sourced though. Cause there's a lot of old games where the rights are no longer with any particular party. But at the same time, one of the parties or multiple parties have said, no, you, no one can use this game. So basically, you can never play it again. Like mm. like uh, GoldenEye. <laughs> there yes, is no GoldenEye. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it just... sucks about that. There is an actual HD remake of that game. They just never released it because they couldn't figure out the rights. Yes. And that's where rights... That's what scares me. I mean, that's... Uh, video games right now, we're kind of... Uh, at a time where all the video games that we feel matter are kind of relatively still available. There's a lot of classic game consoles which still work. So if you really want to play a particular game, you probably can. But there's going to come a point where all this old technology breaks down. And if you don't have a port of some kind, you'll never be able to see that game again. If no one's recorded any footage of it, then no one will know it existed other than in text. Which, with things like the Scott Pilgrim HD um, port, I have some faith that these good games that have existed and, and still exist to some extent on the digital front can be, with a community effort, brought back out. I think the sad part is the games without the community, and I'm just hoping mm-hmm. that Marathon has that. Yeah, yeah, yeah this too. game would get lost to history if they don't ever do anything with it. It could. I mean, Doom is an example of game of game which has been so successful over time <laughs> that we can probably rely on being able to play the original DOS box version of Doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marathon, it was Doom for Mac at the time, and everyone kind of compared it to Doom. But then, you know, Doom just kept getting 
bigger and bigger and more recognized and marathon after halo came out just faded to obscurity um yeah. i mean well, they released... i feel like if marathon had jumped to the xbox as well it, it, it would still be around today but it never made that jump stay on the map it, it didn't and that that marathon uh Durandal, um the the one which was released on the 360 uh I'm not sure. I don't. I haven't seen the numbers uh, for that, but I don't know how successful that was because obviously it Wait, was. That actually got launched on the. That got put on the 360. Yeah, it was. Uh, so it was a. Um, it was like a. And you know, with the arcade games that they really. That was around when it was quite popular. That was actually my first. Now, well, first proper playthrough of Marathon because like I used to play it on my my dad's old Mac. Um, but I'd never really like take it seriously or go through it because, well, I had Halo. But <laughs> you know, when I when it came out on the arcade, I actually gave it a full playthrough and thought, you know, this with the time it was made in mind, this is actually a really interesting game. I mean, the lore behind Marathon, uh, when you kind of, it's like you have to kind of uh, to beat it out of the game a little bit in the terminals. It's not handed to you, so. With that in mind, it's actually, if you're willing to go through the process, it's a really interesting backstory. I've, I've read through some of the scripts. I actually found the AI, um, the two AIs duking it out over the, the future of the universe to be very interesting. <laughs> and it's yes, very yeah. Halo, too. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, I mean, even the, um, there's a lot of uh, references also, even not just with Halo, but there's references back to uh, their previous game, Pathways into Darkness. Yep. And I think they might be connected, because I don't know how you're supposed to say it, but the Jaro, the ancient alien race, exists in both universes. And when I saw that playing Marathon, after having played Pathways before, um, I thought that was like, wow, they're connected. And then for a long time, people thought Marathon was connected to Halo. Uh, but that was proved not true. But at the end of Halo 3, people were like, that's when Marathon starts. You know, yeah. you wake up in the... Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, they were going to do that with Mar- at the end of Marathon 2, just a little tidbit. Their original plans for the end of Marathon 2 was you'd, you would start back on Marathon 1, and it would be a loop. Okay. I think you could almost take this and make the Marathon trilogy, if you were to mess around with the lore a little bit, be the ancient humans if you took a long enough time and like reworked some of the enemies. Oh, totally, actually. Yeah, you t- you could easily do that. I mean, that would you would have to really kind of retcon Marathon's lore quite a bit. Um, but there's no reason why you couldn't just take the, the basic atmosphere of Marathon and the whole concept of the rogue AI and the ancient, the even more ancient alien races. You know, maybe <laughs> the Jaro are actually the precursors. There you go. Could be, yeah, since they still haven't defined that the precursors are or are not the Flood. No, it's it's very murky. Yeah, I tried to kind of make it less murky in a video, but I kind of just you, you you kind of have to fill in a lot of the blanks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of like that about uh, the Halo lore is it's open ended enough that you can kind of come to your own conclusions. And I think Marathon is just ripe for a remake. But mm-hmm. you just mentioned Pathways into Darkness. Maybe they should do that first, so they're not taking on three games all at once just do a new Pathways into Darkness remake and see how that does before you touch Marathon. They could do. I mean, the the thing I would have with a Pathways remake is um, while it was was quite good at the time, um, the what would happen is it's because it's just a corridor shooter and there is a, there is a backstory, but that's pretty much these days all it has. There's mm-hmm. not much in the way of level design. Like, I don't find the levels that interesting. Um, like I said at the time, pretty cool. 
and um, but it was never hailed as like the pinnacle of of uh, art as a game um level wise the art was in the um the monsters and stuff the weird death animations and they, they were great really cool at the time but i think that's where marathon excels because that was where they first started seeing um that when you can overlap levels and you can texture map different sections of the levels um then you can start using it as an art form so you can have corridors which go on top of each other big atriums with multiple floors and jumping about i mean marathon infinity is where that kind of i think the final level the final proper level of marathon infinity was like loads of different levels with a massive atrium in the middle and uh and i think that's where you could recreate it in hd and it would have its its um its atmosphere and feel whereas um recreating pathways into darkness um you wouldn't really be able to capture the same atmosphere i don't think in in like full 3d okay so what is this then <laughs> this is pathways into darkness uh spiritual reimagining Let's see what, what i like how they started outside because that's something they couldn't do originally yeah because like you you i guess yeah you start after crashing next to a pyramid and you have to what get to the center of the pyramid or the top of the pyramid maybe to destroy there's something that lives beneath it like an ancient alien that you're trying not to wake up and you have to kill it before it wakes up oh my gosh it's it's the primordial yeah (laughs) it's all connected the monsters inside are actually the flood why don't we just why don't we just retcon um pathways and marathon just to make them halo games you you could you actually could although this weird monster would never work monster bad (laughs) that is like that's actually really amazing I can't believe that. So weird. That is so weird. Oh my god! The it dark. almost looks like the flood. It could be the flood, though. You just got to retcon it a little better. Mm-hmm. But you know, going back to marathon, Sorry. I think I would love to see um, the marathon as a universe of its own. Even if yeah. like we say remake, I mean, you could go as far as to to actually just take the core story because it was the first Bungie game which had a really like it was a trilogy and it had an in depth story throughout. Some quite some of it quite abstract. I think. Nowadays, all the abstract concepts that really come out, especially near the end of Marathon 1 and certainly Marathon Infinity, you could totally reimagine those in, like, HD graphics. See if somebody's done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you, have you guys played Marathon Infinity before, the campaign, the story mode? Or whatever? I don't think I played Infinity. I played You're 1, Infinity. 2, Durandal, and 3. So three, I... three would be infinity. That's what. It, yeah, that's okay. Then I've played. Okay, then I've, I've played. It's that basically, one a if bit. you're following the story, it gets really. Like basically, I think there's like. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I played this. Yeah, I played it recently, and I tried to actually follow the story, and um, so at the end of Marathon Two, I think what happens is you kind of, um, you you win, but you don't win because like this ancient alien, wakes up essentially, and uh, is about to, d- to consume the universe or something. So Infinity is where you're being sent Flood. to different times, different realities, or different versions of reality, mm-hmm. where you have to um, uh, just f- find the reality, which is the one where no one dies, or everything is okay, and you defeat the, the, the beast at the end or whatever. Uh, and that was so abstract, and with Marathon's graphics, I think it was very constrained in how they could actually tell that story visually. It was kind of just told through terminals, and you were kind of expected to be able to remember all that information and internalize it and think, yeah, okay. <laughs> but most people probably just basically from the terminals extracted 
I need to go here to complete this level and that that then leave it there because by the end of it that was where I was at um, <laughs> so I think it would be nice to to have um, to hold my hand just a little bit more and and get my my stupid brain through the story because I think there's something really interesting there it's one of those situations where you're just scratching the surface and you're like there's so much interesting stuff here but I don't understand so I'd like a I'd like that to be the focus in a in a 3D remake I mean, if there's two, like, space universes other than Star Wars that were really fleshed out, had great stories, and just seemed to be timeless, it was Mass Effect Trilogy when it was still going on and Halo. Imagine if Marathon could build a universe like that where you had more than just... Like, I think Bungie could go back, revisit this franchise, and build it into what they wanted Destiny to be, almost, without the MMO aspect. Yeah, I'd love to... I mean... I think uh, it'd be nice to see where the the original uh, marathon developers how they would imagine the game. Yeah, now. yeah. Sorry, yeah, I said Bungie, I would... but I meant like the people that worked on it originally. Well, no, no, no you're right. They they were Bungie. Yeah, I, I think like they. Um, I think with these old games, there's always a certain amount of being restricted. They had this epic story and journey in their their minds, and there's only so much you can do because then you have to fight with the computer to get that those concepts out uh, so it'd be nice now we're pretty much limitless you know you're limited mostly by your money uh, when it comes to <laughs> developing uh AAA games certainly um so with that in mind you know it'd be interesting to see what they'd want to do um i mean whether it's with the slip space engine or you know whether it's even with something like unreal or mm-hmm. even with unity it'd be i think they could yeah. create something really cool i mean Marathon would be the kind of game where they'd have to play it pretty safe if they were doing a remake. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went for, um, for one of your you know, your slightly more open engines. Yeah. Or if Microsoft actually does own the rights, they could just make it in the the ID or the Doom engine. Yeah, that that'd be great. I mean, if they did it in, um, yeah, the what they call it now, they that would look great. I think that could actually. Um, although Marathon and Doom originally were very different atmospheres, mm-hmm. um, I think now the the ID's engine could definitely be used to bring Marathon's atmosphere out. That would look great. Um, it's Imagine just whether... Marathon 2020, like how Doom 2016. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, it's so hard though because it doesn't make any business sense. But as a consumer, I want to buy it already. Yes. I don't even care. I just want another space shooter like Halo. <laughs> Something that's as good as Halo. I would love it. Yeah, with the that element of mystery, which is, you know, uh, there's a lot of that in Marathon. You lose that with MMOs. Like, Destiny, I never felt like there was enough of an atmosphere to warrant my curiosity like there was with Halo. The thing yeah. is, I really enjoyed the game, the gunplay and the gameplay in Marathon. Uh, I'm sorry, not Marathon. And uh, Destiny. But, yeah, at the end of destiny one is like what did i learn like what was the point of any of that (laughs) (laughs) i think i agree i think i I think destiny for me destiny is a great game it's really fun it is um and i do love a lot of the backstory i mean i I love bungee games but um i think you're right in that when you're seeing other people walk around and you know that they're like for instance they're they're like multiple levels ahead of you you don't feel like the story that you're about to complete is being is happening for the first time you feel mm-hmm. like a hundred different guardians have done the same thing 
and you are just happen you're in the queue basically you, you know you're in a, you're in a long queue just waiting for your turn to to do this element of the story whereas in halo and in marathon you always in linear games like that you always feel like you are the most important thing in the universe yes. and you're a hero and you embody that and you go through that for the first time you know when other people are doing it simultaneously but you don't know that exactly so like for me Marathon presents this level of mystery that the Halo series presented, and it does it in a very, very intricate and detailed way. It's just they had it all in terminals, kind of like how Halo, there's this deeper story in the terminals, but you still get enough of an air of mystery in the game that you want to go back and look at the terminals. In Marathon, it was forced. You had to go to the terminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's, that's the one part about a Marathon remake that unless... You could either do it on the cheap and kind of just bring it into a modern engine and kind of just have it as it was, and you would that wouldn't really net that much money. I mean, they kind of semi they didn't. I don't know how much they changed the engine. I think it was kind of just using basically what LF1, similar to what LF1 did mm-hmm. uh, when they brought it to the 360. So it looked very much like classic marathon. Uh, that might be the only way financially to just port the game as is. I think if you were to to bring it for a modern audience. It would be not even a remaster. It would be a reboot. It would be like a reimagining where it's you exactly take the base I mean. story and mm-hmm. atmosphere. Yeah. And then you have to, you basically just have to just ditch everything that exists for a marathon other than the base story and the atmosphere and then recreate that. Um, I don't know. How, how would they, how do you think they would tell Marathon's story if, if not through mostly terminals? Would there be other people that are voiced? Well, it's pretty, in my mind, you could take a Cortana-like character to give you a lot of the backstory as you're going through the initial part of the game, right? You could have, instead of having terminals tell it to you, you could have somebody talking to you. Yes, so actually Leela, who's the initial AI that talks to you, she's actually talking to you through an earpiece. Right. That's what I'm thinking. I do that, and also like in an internal monologue, your own character could explain some of what's going on as well. And then during the terminals where they're explaining things, I mean, we're in the age of VR, right? So you could literally have your eyes, everything shuts down, and you're seeing what they're talking about happen. And then instead of having everything explained via text, you could have actual sequences play out in your VR headset in the game in front of you as they're explaining it so it visualizes the world to you okay you've sold me i want marathon to now be a <laughs> vr game as good as half-life alex yes. <laughs> that's what i expect now it can't just be a game it has to be a vr game now it could have both you could you could have a vr option where it's more immersive oh, I, I don't know i think i think vr games have to like for the best vr games are vr only where everything <laughs> fully feels like you're in the world there you but, go bungee <laughs> the thing is, if you go if you go far enough, I have to say, when we're talking about like having Leela be an AI which guides you through the start of the game, um, if you if you update enough of Marathon, we might just end up making Halo one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it'd be a different a franchise with a different story, and but it would be a very it would be different, yeah. And it'd be it'd different be enough that you and if you changed enough of the, the biggest thing is you don't want to match Halo. You want the, so you almost would have to pick a color palette that would not be identical to Halo to make this. Yeah, I mean, like, we'd have to decide between Marathon Two's like bright colors versus Marathon One's like really muted. And that's why I think maybe Pathways into Darkness would be a better start because you could reimagine that entirely 
and make it a slightly different game reimagined with all the things we're talking about. And if that does well, boom, Marathon Trilogy's next. It's funny because, I mean, all the these Bungie games, the initial ones, were created by a bunch of college uh, graduates uh, who, uh, some already, I think, still in college, who were just eating pizza in essentially a, a kind of frat-style house. And they were like, you know, it would be so cool if there was, like, a sleeping alien underneath the pyramid. <laughs> and these ideas just happen to be really great. And that's what Bungie have built off to make Halo. So maybe we just need to go back to that. Maybe we need to take all of the the um, the executives at Bungie and then stick them back in their like their apartment their original apartment lock them in there for like a year and say come up with something amazing <laughs> oh, let's yeah. go back to college because <laughs> <laughs> like um Jason Jones and uh and Alex Seropian at the start they were kind of just coming up with so many ideas um and when you're obviously when you're running a business it changes a little bit. The dynamic of everything changes a bit. So being able to go back to their original ideas um, and then basically just picking them up. So like you said, remaking Pathways into Darkness would be quite an interesting idea. It's the kind of idea that would, would not really fly in um, in a focus group necessarily or like in a corporate space where you're coming up with ideas. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of games now, they're very distilled and sometimes the the ideas that I like the most are the, some you know wacky ideas that have come up by college students. Yeah, <laughs> I like this random flag in the middle. Yeah, what's <laughs> that? Is that is that like is that hammer and sickle? It is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like the Nazis that were. Oh, <laughs> it's quite interesting that someone's taking the time to do that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like is... I, I really applaud that. This is what I'm saying. Like, you could take Pathways into Darkness and make that a VR game easily. Yes. I think that would be a terrifying VR game. Yeah. That would Especially be really, could, really scary. Especially if you could make the monsters more realistic. Oh, yeah. gosh. Even the original. Because in the original one, you're playing, and it's like in a little... Um, it doesn't even take over your whole screen. It's just like in a little window. It's just terrifying when you hear, like, the squeak of those tongue things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, do you guys have uh, anything else you want to say about uh, Marathon or Pathways in Darkness? Other than I hope they make remake them. Uh, no, I don't. No, I mean, yeah, like, I'm the same. I think, like, seeing a Doom 2016 killer, that's what we need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and release it on the Mac. No, I'm just Only kidding. on the Mac. <laughs> oh, I thought Mac. you did. <laughs> no, probably, it'd probably be more likely to be exclusive to, like, a Steam VR thing. <laughs> like have like Alex was or the irony that that's yeah. the last thing a Mac can play now. Yeah. <laughs> As always. And I want to thank same token in case this yes, is the last video you. we do with him for quite some time. So thank you for coming on this podcast. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me on. It's been great fun. And since this is the Friday episode anyways, it makes sense to thank you on this one. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm same token. Thank you guys. And we will see you on next Crowcast. After you subscribe to Same Token.